Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1370, air date December 6th, 2023. But I did a little bit of computational systems biology. Uh, uh, we, you know, yesterday, you know, I filed a major lawsuit as a follow up to our lawsuit in our in 2020, where we exposed the backdoor portal into Twitter. You know, we're the ones who did that long before all these Twitter files, long before all all that. In many ways, the limited hangout version of what we did. Um, so we are going right after the government. I'll talk more about that. Um, you see, it's a government of the United States, particularly Congress, which has sold out the American people. You just saw two days ago, the Congress um, uh, essentially voted, proclaimed that Zionism, anti-Zionism is equal to anti-Semitism. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's fucked up. And it's basically what's fundamentally happened is if you go back to 2020, Sneeko, when I ran for, basically, uh, people like us are not supposed to run for office, right? They typically have their puppets run for office. Someone like me who's an engineer who actually solves problems, they don't expect us to ever run. The problem is I've been an activist most of my life, and I never participated in electoral politics because I knew it was all um, rigged. However, we've created a movement now, Sneeko, so our running for office was essentially an extension of that movement. So when I ran in 2020, a lot of people know, initially in 2018, we ran against a woman called Elizabeth Warren. You may know her. She's the one. Yeah, I remember. The Native American. Yeah, the Native American. I was the one who forced her to take the DNA test. We had all these signs, probably thousands of signs across Massachusetts, which said only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. And all <laughs> you saw, I don't know if I have one, John, John, maybe you can go get one of those magnets. But we had all these magnets up everywhere. And we had huge signs, eight foot by 10 foot signs. Um, all over Massachusetts. And it was really me exposing the fact this this individual has no integrity. If anything, Elizabeth Warren is a racist, right? Because she uses race for her own political advancement. Anyway, we shook up a lot of things. In fact, the signs that I had, the city of Cambridge said I should take it down. And so, you know, we had these big signs like this, man. I don't know if you can see these, okay? Um, yeah. Yeah, right? So it was, it was a great ad campaign, right? Uh, but, but uh, the important thing was um, in 2020, when I ran as a Republican, you would think that the Republican Party, for all the nonsense that they claim there for people pulling themselves up from the bootstrap and all that, they would have supported me. Um, we ended up having 3,000 volunteers on the, on the ground in a Republican primary sneak on the Republicans never even bother wanting to beat the Democrats. You know, we put up 25,000 lawn signs, you know, 2,000 bumper stickers. You couldn't leave Massachusetts without seeing Dr. Shiva. And September 1st, 2020 is what they call the Republican primary. So the establishment GOP had found some guy. The only thing he had going for himself was his last name was O'Connor. Okay. He barely, you could find one lawn sign up. Um, and the word on the street was Dr. Shiva is going to win this primary on a landslide. Anyway, uh, on the evening of the September 1st, 2020, the results come in and I win in the county. There's nine counties in Massachusetts where all the ballots are paper ballots and predominantly hand counted. So I win there by 10 points. In every other county, it was 60-40, okay? Almost exactly. Now, all of those counties use something called machines. And what's fascinating is in a machine, you know, you fill out your paper ballot and you put it into the machine when you go to vote. The machine takes a picture of your ballot and that's called a ballot image. 
And that image is what the AI on the machine looks for the dots. You know, did Dr. Shiva get a vote or did Sneeko get a vote? You see what I'm saying? And right. by law, those images are supposed to be preserved for 22 months because many years ago, um, there was a law passed called 52 USC 20701, uh, which basically said all records in connection with the federal election have to be preserved for 22 months, which is a good thing. So you could, you know, if you want to fight the government. So there's no way we freaking lost that election. So that's when I had to roll up my sleeves as an MIT engineer and really started understanding these election systems. Remember, this is before November of 2020. And what I uncovered was that on these machines, there is a feature called the weighted race feature. It's a feature where if you get a thousand votes <clears throat> and I get a thousand votes, Nico, they can multiply your votes by two, give you 2000 votes and multiply my votes by 0.5 I end up getting 500 votes. Now, why does this feature exist in voting machines? Because the same software is also used in housing cooperatives, where let's say you and I live in a big housing cooperative. We own condos. You own 2,000 square feet of a condominium. I own 1,000, and we're voting on some maintenance issue, right? You get two votes, my one vote. It makes sense there, right? Because they're going to take more of your condo fees. So anyway, that feature is what I suspected was used because it, it didn't make any sense. So as a part of this investigation, I asked the Secretary of State of Massachusetts, I filed what's called a formal records request, and I said, I want the ballot images. Now for a federal election, they're supposed to preserve them for 22 months. Um, they thought it was outrageous that I asked them this, and very arrogantly, they said, oh, we don't have to preserve, preserve those images, we deleted them. So anyway, they documented that in a series of emails with me and them, and on Twitter at that time, I had about, you know, 300,000 followers. And just to give you an idea of engagement, I would do a tweet, man, and I would get 30,000 retweets. Okay. It was very, my followers were very, very sticky. So I put up the emails of my interactions with the government where they're admitting that they deleted these ballot images. And I said, the government of Massachusetts has deleted 1.5 million ballot images. That starts going viral. And suddenly I'm thrown off Twitter. Okay. Um, the interesting thing that I discover is one, you know, one of those fact, fake fact-checking organizations says, oh, Dr. Shiva's lying, ballots were not deleted. You see, they leave out the word images. And um, they proceed in that article in a blessing in disguise to say that the government had contacted Twitter. So let me repeat that. I'm a federal candidate still running in a write-in campaign. Election's not until November. Twitter's the most important platform for politics. We'd raise around a couple million on Twitter. And here they're saying that the government contacted Twitter. So if anyone knows something about something called the US Constitution, something called the First Amendment, it's the most grossest violation of the Constitution. This only occurs in- Did you get back on Twitter? Yeah, I got back on December, 2022. Same, same time, right? When, when Elon took over, I was able Yeah, and we should talk about Elon too. You know, that's a big setup too. We should talk more about it. But I get put back. So anyway, the point is I get thrown off by the government I didn't, under, I didn't know a lot about election law, but I did know basic civics, something called the First Amendment. So right. you would think a lawyer in Massachusetts won't want to take on the government, but Massachusetts is a swamp, it's a swarm of the swarm, okay? So no one wanted to do this. So I had to learn the law and I'm not a lawyer and I had to file in federal court. And this is in October now, 2020. Remember the election's in November. And so the judge decides to take on my case because I asked for what's called an injunction a temporary restraining order. Judges, Nico, right. never like to give that because it means you actually have merit in your case. So I go into court right. 
And in cross-examination, me and the judge find out where we're cross-examining the social media director of the government of Massachusetts. She admits she's a little bit nervous that the government has a backdoor portal into Twitter, a VIP portal, that when they saw those tweets, they used that to throw me off. A complete infrastructure, a censorship infrastructure. The judge is frankly- Wait, who, who did, Sorry, who, who did you get an injunction on? The Massachusetts government, okay? In 2020. You could do that? Yeah, so what happened is, remember, so I'm running for Senate. I moved my campaign to a write-in campaign. Our injunction is where you go to, you have to prove to the judge, hey, I got an emergency here. I'm still running for office. Look what they're doing to me, Your Honor, right? So the judge hears our case. And the key thing is, this is the most important thing to understand. This is 2020, man. We're the ones that find out that the government has a thing called a partner support portal, a backdoor entry into every social media company. And they use that against me, a US Senate federal candidate. And you could read the court transcript. The judge is appalled. He goes, didn't you, don't you guys acknowledge there's something called the First Amendment? If you didn't like his speech, why didn't you just counter his speech with your own speech, right? So anyway, big victory. We write to this guy called Fucker Carlson, Glenn Greenwald, ACLU. None of them cover it, man. Yeah. You know why? Because we weren't part of their little club where, you know, it's all they cover. What the club? Huh? What, what's the club? The club is whether you're in the right wing or the left wing, right? Whether you're in one of their clubs where you are uh, anointed that your stories get out. You see, because I'm not in any club. I'm, I'm not in any left wing or right wing club. And here we had discovered probably the most important thing in the United States that the government in the modern world of digital media has set up backdoor portals to social media companies. Now that should have been on the front page. Anyway, the good news is we started putting this out everywhere. We reached about a half a billion people and you can see the video counts. We got it out everywhere, all over the world. But none of these mainstream media guys, including the so-called grifters covered it. It gets even more interesting. So that's in September. I get put on in November, right after the election. So I lost 39 days. Then about 30 days later, 60 days later in February, on February 1st, 2021, I once again, a lot of my followers like, hey, Dr. Shiva, what's going on with your lawsuit? And I said, look, we discovered this backdoor portal, right? And here are those four images. And within 17 minutes, I'm deplatformed. First time was a suspension, this time's deplatformed. So it's quite interesting. So I go back into court and I say, your honor, they didn't follow your orders. When you told them not to stop communicating Twitter, the government, they had already put in the, the algorithm Whenever they saw me put those images up, it would already be put in. A lot of people don't understand how software works, right? Once you put something in, it's in there for good. So anyway, right. um, the judge then orders Twitter into the court. Remember, it was me against three Harvard-trained lawyers. I'm not a lawyer. By the way, one thing everyone should understand is 99% of lawyers right now don't have any litigation experience. They always settle on the courtroom steps. Very few lawyers ever really go into the courtroom. So you represented yourself against the government and against Twitter? Yeah. So, so first it was against the government when they gave me the win on the preliminary injunction. When they threw me off again, the judge, judge said, bring Twitter into the room. Remember, I was going after the government, Nico. My enemy was a government. Government made Twitter do this. It's very, very important. Twitter is a private actor. A private actor like Twitter can throw you or me off. It's their First Amendment right. But if the government makes a private actor do something. There's a very interesting law called, it's a test called the Blum test. 
I'm not getting it into the details, but there's a very interesting body of work called cat's paw liability. Let's say there's a cat and he's got a paw. So the government is the cat, Twitter was the paw to do it for them. In that case, they become enjoined. The government and the private actor become one. Twitter and the government become one. And you have to prove that. You see what I'm saying? And I had the predicates to prove that. That's in 2021. So in 2021, a court case gets set for May of 2021. The night before that court case, I'm trying to figure out what is this backdoor portal, right? That I had found in September. And lo and behold, on a server in England, started there. This is literally the night before where I had to make my opening statements. And remember, it's going to be me against three of the lawyers from Twitter and three from the government. Okay. So I find these documents called playbooks, you know, like a playbook, like a sports playbook or a plumber's playbook, right? Manual. And this, these playbooks, and I can show them to you. I don't know if I can share here, but these playbooks were created at Harvard with at the Belfer Center, which is at the Kennedy School of Government, which is known as the center of the CIA. And they were created by both Democrats and Republicans and every social media company, a big conference they had, and backed by an organization called the Atlantic Council. The Atlantic Council is based out of London, okay? And, the, and these guys got together at Harvard and they mapped out two manuals on how you will detect someone in the United States who's crit criticizing the government and then how you will create a process to blacklist them, mm -hmm. which is completely in violation of everything that people believe is American. So, what's, uh, what's the point of this story? The point of this story is that the government has built an infrastructure to destroy the First Amendment. Okay. Okay. Remember, yeah. I, I mean, that happened to me. That happened to me. Uh, election misinformation, COVID misinformation. That's what. The, that's what the. So, yeah. That's what the manual's called. It's called election misinformation playbook guide. How you will identify. You see, it's one thing. So on November 16, twenty eighteen, Sneeko, a, a law got passed. It's called the Cybersecurity Information Security Act. Cybersecurity Information Security Act. And guess what? Trump is the one who signed that into law. And every member of Congress unanimously voted for it. And they, and they presented it to the public like, you know, we have foreign adversaries, Russia, China, who want to attack our country. So we need to create this infrastructure to protect ourselves. But the reality was that infrastructure was used against U.S. citizens. And that's what my lawsuit exposed. And, um, and, and so I had discovered the entire infrastructure. That infrastructure was architected at the Belfer School of Kennedy with both Democrats and Republicans across both party lines. You understand how egregious this is? This is basically, you know, on December 16, 1791, we passed the First Amendment. The First Amendment said Congress shall pass no law to abridge freedom of speech, which is Congress. So now go 200 plus years later, Congress passed a law to bridge the freedom of speech. And that's what that's what I had uncovered. So when I shared all this data, the judge is appalled. And you got to remember, it's it's me against seven major lawyers, six major lawyers. And the judge says this lawsuit will be taught in every constitutional law class. He appoints a lawyer to help me because he said, you've done an amazing job with all these briefs. He goes, I have the right to appoint you a lawyer. What ends up happening is that lawyer just wanted me to get back on Twitter, Sneeko, and drop all the claims against the government. He was trying to buy me off. So the government knew I had a, a ton of shit on them, and they thought I'd bend over and be so happy. In fact, my 
lawyer says, you know, you'll be the first guy back on Twitter. You're going to create history. And I said, look, wait a minute. It's no longer about me going on Twitter. I have uncovered the fact that the government of the United States is violating the rights of every citizen. So it's quite profound. So I didn't buy that and they wanted to reprimand me. So just yesterday, I have I had a deadline and that's why I was we couldn't do Tuesday. I had to file my lawsuit against the government. So I'm, I'm now going after the United States government, the cybersecurity security agency, all the social media company, because they're all colluding, man. So when they put me back on Twitter in December 2022, something fascinating occurred. The first tweet, what happened? the first tweet I put out, Sneeko, was, hey, Elon, why don't you make me your CEO, right? That went viral. It got like 20 million views. The next tweet I did, Sneeko, is I said, Elon, are you going to remove the backdoor portal to government, right? You claim you're a free speech absolutist. And you could see every time I did that, my tweets would go down. My views went from a million views per day down to around 10,000, okay? So the reality, Sneeko, is that, and this is where it gets interesting. That's why it's connected to what you just saw Congress do. If you look at Congress, remember, every member of Congress unanimously voted for CISA. So keep that over here, all right? Yeah. And then the other data you just saw 24 hours ago was pretty much every Republican except one, right? And and the Democrats were split, all voted to say that anti-Zionism equals anti-Semitism. So just keep those piece, piece of data. Let me connect that. Okay. Right. Okay. So this is what's happened. Congress, members of Congress, at least 80, 90% of them, if you go look at APAC, AIPAC site, they're all supported by the Zionist um, PACs, right? The Zionist lobbyists. So you can't get to be in Congress unless you're backed by the Zionists. And then over here right. are, is Silicon Valley. So if you're, if you're a congressman, your chance of getting elected is are you getting money from Silicon Valley, which most Republicans are? And are you getting, are you backed by Zionists? You say Democrats and Republicans. So Congress, so if you, who are the Zionists? The Zionists, you don't have to be Jewish to be Zionists, right? The reality is that every politician, basically. Yeah. I mean, 70% of the 70 million Zionists are quote unquote Christian Zionists. All these crazy Bible Belt evangelicals who are convinced, who, who have taken. They love Israel for no reason. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's not, not for no reason. About a couple hundred years ago, they created what was called an eschatological view of Christianity, saying the Armageddon is going to come, you know, um, when Jews have to go back to Israel. It was just, they just made up the stuff, man. They just made it up. Okay. Yeah. So you have all these Bible Belt Christian with their evangelical leaders who actually are very close to Netanyahu, very close. So Israel controls the evangelical Christians, and that's why Trump is important for them. And that's why that base controls Congress. Uh, that's why they, they have this nut now, Mike uh, Johnson in there, who's a nut job, okay? He, he gets put in there, the Zionist hoodlum. But this is the mm -hmm. most important thing to understand. Mossad, many of these foreign countries, the United Kingdom, MI6. Remember, Britain never wanted America to ever have the First Amendment. Most of the Commonwealth countries, India, you go down the list, okay? Australia, they don't have the First Amendment. They hate the fact that these rebels in the United States got the First Amendment, and they've always been trying to claw that back. So these foreign players directly and indirectly fund Congress. And CISA was created so they could surveil using social media companies, U.S. citizens, and they achieved that. Trump is the one who signed that into law. If Hillary Clinton had done that, there would have been a revolution in this country. So they needed Trump for that. 
The other component of this is, remember these social media companies like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, if you look at Twitter, if they made a billion dollars in revenue, Sneeko, how much are they worth on Wall Street? They're typically worth- I don't know. 10 don't times know. their revenue. It's called a valuation multiple. So if Twitter makes 5 billion, they're typically worth 50 billion. You know why? Because if you post a post on Twitter saying Dr. Shiva kicks his dog, and let's say that's not true, I cannot sue Twitter. They have what's called Section 230 immunity. If you were a writer for the New York Times and you did something like that, I can sue the New York Times. So if New York Times makes a billion dollars in revenue, their valuation is like 2 billion. They get a 2X on multiple, whereas Twitter gets 10 times. You see the difference? So one yeah. company's worth more because this company gets Section 230 immunity. How do they get that? Well, the Silicon Valley guys, Twitter, Google, Facebook, and all the shareholders fund Congress, mm -hmm. okay? So Congress is getting funded by Silicon Valley to give social media companies Section 230 immunity. Congress people are getting funded by the Zionists. You see, they're getting funded by both angles. These guys want to monitor and surveil all US citizens. These guys want immunity. So they do a swap. You see, they do a horse trade. That's what's happened. The Congress of the United States does not represent the US people. They represent Zionists and they represent Silicon Valley. And that's at the heart of my lawsuit. I was the guy who figured out the whole backdoor portal. In my new lawsuit, what we've asserted is that Congress is, is the fox watching the hen house, right? They're not watching our interests, right? They were the first branch created by, in 1787, the first branch, even before the judiciary and the executive branch. They were put in place to represent we the people. They don't. They don't represent us at all. In fact, 65% no. of guys your age and younger do not want to send weapons to Israel, okay? About 60% of women don't. So if all these people don't want to send weapons to Israel, why is 97% of the Senate voting to send weapons to Israel? So we, we have an entire infrastructure that does not represent the American public because they're all Zionist cocksuckers. That's who they are. And they all... <laughs> They are, that's what they are. And they all yeah. report up to Silicon Valley. So think about what I'm saying. And this is what's happened. So when I sued, you know, I've learned the law reasonably well. There was a very, very interesting law, uh, a set of precedents that were passed in 1983, not a law, prior to 1983, it was called Bivens Action. I'm not gonna get to the precedent, but it basically said that if a federal official, not a state official, violates the constitution, they should go to jail, right? Or they should be accountable. Would you not agree? Right. If a federal official like, you know, the attorney general or a congressperson violates any of the constitutions, which they're supposed to uphold. Do you know you can't sue them? They're protected by what's called qualified immunity. How what about rights? What's that? What about our rights? We don't have rights. This is what's interesting. So so federal officials can violate the Constitution and they cannot be held accountable. So what happened in 1970, if I remember this case right, where a bunch of narcotic officers went to a guy's house, they broke into his house, violated the Fourth Amendment, which is you need to have a warrant, right? So he sues and he ends up winning against the federal officials. There's a landmark lawsuit called Bivens Against Six Narcotic Officers. So everyone was relieved. Wow, now we have a precedent setting case which says, you as a citizen, if someone, like right now, if a federal official broke into your home, uh, Nico, and they didn't have a warrant, you have no rights anymore. And I'll tell you why, but at that time you did, okay? Yeah. 
So it's called the Bivens action. And there are many lawsuits which were won on the fact that a federal official violated the Constitution. But after 1983, you know what the courts have done? Every case where you try to use the Bivens action, where someone violates the Constitution, they say, well, Congress should do this. Congress should pass a law on this. But think about what I'm saying. The courts are kicking it to Congress. And here you have the Fox watching the end house, which means Congress itself has violated the First Amendment by passing CISA. Think about what I'm saying. Every oh, what's CISA? CISA is a cybersecurity C infrastructure I security agency was created. C I S A. Remember, okay. we as the United States should protect ourselves from foreign people coming and attacking us, right? That was called Foreign Infrastructure Security Agency Act. But the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Act, signed into law by Trump, was used to surveil and censor U.S. citizens. You see? It's like, imagine a telescope, you're pointing it out to see the stars, and they point the telescope down here. NASA tells us, oh, we're you we just put a telescope up to see all sorts of great galaxies, but they're actually watching us. All right? So right. that's what they did, man. And Congress, think about what I'm saying. Every member of Congress voted for this. Everyone. Every single one? Every, it was unanimous. So it's interesting, isn't it? I'm the guy who has to bring this out. No one else wants to talk about this. So on November 16, 2018, is the United States First Amendment died. And so when I did my lawsuit, I, I, I said, we need to win back freedom. And so what, ha what, what happens, Sneakos, little by little by little, as people lose their rights, they don't even know what their rights are because they're just following stupid influencers on the internet who think everything's okay. So in December, 2022, right. when I was put back on, the censorship has not even gotten much more sophisticated. So when I come back on, everyone's under this aura. Oh my God, Elon Musk is our fighter for free speech. Well, what Elon Musk was brought in for, remember where Elon Musk begins and where government ends, nobody knows. SpaceX is funded by 7 billion from government. Tesla would be worth nothing if it wasn't from government uh, carbon tax credits. And Twitter would be useless if it wasn't for Section 230 immunity. So, and, and we haven't even talked about Neuralink. So Elon Musk was brought in by Silicon Valley to give you and I this illusion because they put you and I back on. I don't know when you got back on in December 2022, okay? About the same time, yeah. yeah. So we were put back on. But I noticed when I did that first tweet, it went viral. And then after I said, Elon, are you going to remove the backdoor portal? Down, down, down. I could show you a beautiful graph. So what's happening now is we're being given the illusion of free speech. But if you actually expose the details of what's going on, you either get shadow banned, right? In fact, something more interesting is happening. If you take all your followers, Nico, right now on Twitter, there's an interesting technique called principal component analysis. Simply put, I take all your- so I take all your followers, okay? I create, imagine you go to Excel, you create a spreadsheet. I list in column one, all your followers and columns two, three, four, I list features about them, their age, how old they are, different attributes. And if I take all that data and with a couple of simple algorithms, I could create a characteristic of your followers. I could say, oh, all of Sneeko's followers are like this, you know, they're this age group, they like this, da, 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 da. And using that filter, I could go across the internet and say, these are the other people that would be Sneeko's followers, okay? And what mm -hmm. I can then do is divert traffic 
that should come to you from new people to maybe a fake version of you or someone else like you, but who's really not you. So that's what's going on right now. It's called predictive analytics. So we live in a very, very interesting age because there's two levels of deception now. The one level of deception is the obvious Zionist cocksuckers. And then the other is these people who claim they're fighting them, right? Play both sides and do massive confusion. So you hear you have Musk saying, goes over, talks a good game about free speech and then goes over to Gaza, right? Sucks off Netanyahu mm. because he needs him to put Starlink up and then comes back. So you have two levels of deception, the obvious establishment and then all these grifters who talk a good game that they're fighting right. against the establishment. But when you peel away the layer, they are created to, as a fly trap so people don't build what I call the bottoms up movement. You see the old- What is that? A bottoms up movement is where we as individuals recognize that things fundamentally have only changed in the world when people organize bottoms up. So if you look at the 18, late 1800s and the early 1900s, unfortunately, a lot of the history has been taken away. In the United States, um, if people had started getting good wages between 1900 and 1970, if we started getting infrastructure and roads and got rid of child labor, all of this occurred because there were massive movements, man. Close to 11,000 strikes took place at that time. 200 million people took to the streets, okay, to mobilize everyday working people, plumbers, electricians, mothers, uh, factory workers. And all of that mobilization, which was done decentralized, that's what put the fear of God into these politicians. And for example, in the late 1800s, in 1886, four American workers were shot fighting for the eight-hour workday. A lot of people don't know this. Throughout the world, every worker commemorated those American workers, and they called it May Day. All right? And then a few years later, seven workers in Wisconsin were shot fighting for the eight-hour workday. So all of the gains seven. what seven workers were shot yes by the national guard in milwaukee wisconsin so if you look by the 1930s these movements were very powerful and they literally forced the elites to give a lot of concessions so if, if we if the working people in the united states got anything it was those people's names we don't even know it wasn't the democrats it wasn't franklin delano roosevelt who was some nice guy he was a racist prick actually all right so by the 1950s, what happened is the elite said, shit, these working people are figuring out how to mobilize without politicians. So they branded all those movements communists, capital C, that they were coming from Russia, right? That people were being controlled and they went after everyone who used the word workers unite, all right? And then what ended up happening is by the 1970s, all the bottoms up unions, the organic unions were taken over top down by quote unquote Democrats, you say? So the right wing cut the legs off workers, branding them communists for building these movements. And the left wing took over the unions. You following me? So between 1900 and mm -hmm. 1970, the wealth of the United States grew explosively and everyone's wages grew because there were 11,000 strikes, 200 million people willing to fight for their rights. After 1970 till today, the first income quartile, which means the poorest people and the next set of people, the second income quartile, their wages have gone down. And if you add up all those wages, it's close to $50 trillion. So we have two- 50 trillion? 50 trillion, okay? And that was a wonderful report done by the Rand Corporation about five years ago. But bottom line is, yeah, there's been quote unquote socialism, socialism for the elites. So working people today are not making the same amount 
of wage increases they should have been making, right? So think about during the pandemic, $600 billion, um, 600 billionaires, I'm sorry, increased their wealth by $2.3 trillion in the pandemic. So, and during 1970 till today, and here's a punchline, there's only been maybe a 900 strikes by 2 million people. So, so when you ask what is a bottoms up movement, a bottoms up movement is where people recognize these politicians do not work for us. The only way change has occurred is bottoms up, you see? And that is why I'm running for president because I, okay. you see, my run for presidency is, I'm a, look, man, everything I have, I've earned bottoms up. I don't have a golden plate of toilet, okay? I don't lie to people by saying, this is what Vivek, this is. You, you don't like Trump? I supported Trump in 2018. I put up, it's not like him. I just didn't wear a MAGA hat, man. I put up thousands of signs for him and gave him money. But the bottom line is, what did Trump do? He didn't drain the swamp. He didn't lock her up, right? Go look at what he actually did. He passed SISA. So I'm, you know, you give people a chance, but ultimately, and I've met with Trump twice. He's just, a, he basically is a uh, C-list C actor, man. So look, the elites are not going to put anyone in power unless they can control them. And that's what they needed Trump. They used Obama for eight years. He did exactly what they needed him to do, saved all the big banks, printed a trillion. And that eight trillion was running out by 2016. They knew there was going to be another economic collapse. They used the pandemic as a front end. It was a fake crisis. And then Trump printed $8 trillion in one term. And who did it go to? All of his buddies on Wall Street, right? Market goes right. down and it comes up. And now they were trying to do the next printing of money, which was trying to use Ukraine. That didn't work. They tried to do another pandemic. That didn't work. So that's why they needed this stuff in the Middle East. You see, they're creating fake crises to, to justify printing of money when the entire elite's economy is running on fumes. If you talk to any economist, okay, anyone who looks at the big picture, the United States has 30 trillion in national debt, another 70 trillion in credit card and mortgage debt. That's 100 trillion. And then another 200 trillion in what's called unfunded liabilities. What that is, is all the people, you know, like uh, who are going to need social security, right? The future stuff we yeah. have to pay. So the US owes $300 trillion. And the value of the United States, if you take all the U.S.'s assets, gold, uranium, homes, is $200 trillion. So the U.S. has a $100 trillion deficit. So the entire thing, man, is running on fumes. That's what it's running on. So everything you see with all these political bullshitters, the, the election fraud that you're seeing, Nico, is who they decide to give visibility to. Sneeko. 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 I'm sorry. Who they decide to give yeah. visibility to. Okay. And then they do the real election fraud at the time, or the second form of election fraud at the at the time of the election, sneak up. So, mm. but we have an incredible opportunity because our campaign, historically, people like me are, are not supposed to run. Um, you know, in 2020, we reached out, you know, we reached about a half a billion people. So they had to make me invisible. So it's backfiring on them because people are saying, wait a minute, Dr. Shiva is the one who ran the Fire Fauci campaign in 2020. Wait a minute, Dr. Shiva is the one who did all the election integrity analysis. Wait a minute, Dr. Shiva is the one who discovered the backdoor portal. Why are all these guys not covering him? Because I'm not in the left or right camp, man. You see, they don't want true independent movements, Nico. I know I'm hitting you with a lot of history and background, but that's the fundamental takeaway. As long as we're looking to them from above for help, they have us in their flytrap. But when people switch goes on and say, wait a minute, we have to build these bottoms up movements. That's what's historically changed the world. 
that fundamentally changes the world. So, you know, I, I'll go out on the train station. I'll pass out these flyers. If you see this flyer, and this is old school. Um, it's a one-page flyer. Okay, but we go offline. Wait, wait, where, what, where, what train station? Where are you from? I'm in Boston. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you're still in Massachusetts. I was surprised you didn't leave after all that. No, it's the belly of the beast, man. This where the best place to fight. You know, you're behind enemy lines, right? Did you go? You you did you go to MIT? I did. Yeah. So my background is Nico. I came from India, 1970, when I was a kid. Grew up in Jersey, in Newark, you know, in Patterson, Clifton, um, and then. Um, the last three years, I went to pretty much a big Zionist school, right? And I was a number one kid in sports, number one kid in math. No one told me about MIT. Isn't that interesting? You would think like they would tell really? me. Yeah, I, I created the first email system when I was a kid. And Wait, so did you actually invent email? I did. So here's the background on it. Do, do other people try to take credit or like, are you like the undisputed email inventor? Well, the, the, the real issue, great question. The real issue is, why is there even a controversy? There is no controversy. And anyone who looks at it says, shit, of course this guy invented email. So the background is, um, you know, in the, uh, here we go. Hey, by the way, here's the, thanks. <laughs> here, I have the copyright, man. Here's the official, what's the equivalent of a patent, okay? All right. Oh, wow. All right. So on October 30th, 1982, a 17-year-old kid was dead. So here's a story with email. What, what, story? Is, what is email? So email, it's, uh, internet mail. No, email is the electronic version. So when you open up email, right, it's not yeah. text messaging, okay? Sending text messages between electronic devices or computer, that really goes back to the 1900s, 1800s. A guy called Samuel Morris did that. Email, mm -hmm. so if you go into email, what do you see? You see what? Inbox, outbox, folders, right? BCC, CC, all those things, right? You don't see that in Facebook, right? Facebook has different things. Twitter has different things, right? These are platforms. Email is a system. So in the old days, Nico, they had a system in offices on how people communicated. If you were in the 60s or the 70s, how did people communicate? They didn't have cell phones, right? They had the hardwire phone and there were hundreds of offices, thousands of offices, right? Even in the office of the White House. So how did one office communicate with another? They used to have these things called pneumatic tubes, literally tubes going around the offices. And every office had a secretary. And a secretary would write up a thing called a memo to, from, subject. So if I was going to hire you for, for a job, right, I'd write to my boss, John. I said, dear John, I'd like to hire Sneeko for a job. You know, um, you know, we have this job here. And I would attach your resume. And then I may carbon copy the head of HR and BCC my boss. And when they did a carbon copy, man, in a typewriter, they typed it, they put a piece of carbon paper and they put another paper. You got what I'm saying? And they literally- This is some boomer activity. Yeah. And, and then literally on the desk, there was a physical desk and the secretary had something called an inbox, something called an outbox. You had file folders. You get the idea? Paper clips, mm. trash can. So every one of those parts like of a car, right? The camshaft, the engine, the carburetor, this was a very complex system. So when the secretary wrote a memo, she would put it in the drafts folder. Her boss will come and, you know, redline it. All right. Then it would finally go in the outbox. A guy would come pick it up or went into these pneumatic tubes. So it's a very complex system. I was asked to convert that entire system, Nico. Uh, sorry, Sneeko, as a 14-year-old kid. All right. Yeah. 
And I named, wrote 50,000 lines of code. In those days, the computers only had 8,000 8, bytes of memory, eight kilobytes. So I had to write the memory managers. Um, I worked my butt off, man, until two in the morning, sometimes every day, because, you know, I had finished up all my humanities courses. So I was working as a full-time research fellow at a small medical school in Newark, New Jersey. All right. And I put this entire system together, every feature, and I named that system email. No one had ever used that term. So I created the system, call it email. The reason I called it email was the operating system only allowed five characters. It was not an obvious term. And then when I came to MIT, it was on the front page of MIT, three kids I highlighted, a thousand kids who'd created, you know, I'd created email. The president of MIT who was on the White House Science Council, he said, wow, you know, it's too bad you cannot patent software, but he said you should copyright it using the new Computer Software Act. And I did it, and there's my copyright I was issued. So I named it email, have the code, call it. There's no controversy. The problem is I wasn't taught to be a good um, PR guy. It was 33 years later when my mom was dying in a suitcase. She had left all the, you know, all the artifacts, including this, right? The editor of Time magazine came, and he was the only one who went through this, and he wrote an article on 2011 called A Man Who Invented Email. And then it went into the Smithsonian which should have been an occasion for celebration, but that's when all these nerds who had rewritten the story saying a military company called Raytheon who had used the at symbol to pass text messages, they'd taken something that took 15 minutes to create and they started conflating that with email. So anyway, it was a big lawsuit. I sued, I won, I got a million dollar settlement. They were forced to take down all the defamatory articles. But the real movie needs to be made on this is why was there a controversy? And the answer is, you see, I created email before I came to MIT in an African-American city called Newark where nothing's supposed to come out of, in a small medical college. And I was not solving a military problem. I was solving a civilian problem, helping these women who were using the typewriter move to the keyboard when white dudes were the old white guys who wore these lab coats were the ones who used computers and they thought women could never use a computer. So that's what I did. So email was really the first application that allowed women to move from the typewriter, right? Um, to the keyboard. So that's, what's profound about it. So the facts are black and white on it. The issue is why was there a controversy? You say, and that's really where the story comes right. in. But yeah, man. So after I came to MIT, I did many, many other things. The current thing I do is I've created a technology that can literally go after, uh, go after uh, every disease on the planet and use compounds from natural plants to address every disease. And that's called Cytosol. So it's been a 15, 16 year venture. I did my PhD on basically using the computer without the need to kill animals to mathematically model every disease. It's really AI to the power of 10, okay? And using that, we are modeling diseases and we're looking at compounds in nature and figuring out combinations. So we're going after every major disease. We discovered a combination for pancreatic cancer, osteoarthritis, et cetera. But you know, if email was the electronic version of the inner office mail system, Cytosol is the electronic version of the molecular system. So there you go, Nico, uh, Sneeko, that's the background. That's uh, that's quite a bit. It's uh, you're very clearly a, a smart person, and it seems like you've had a, a, a long pass of different endeavors. And it, I, I can understand why you want to run for president, um, or it's your second time running, isn't it? No, it's my first time. The issue is I've always been an activist, Nico. I do not, you know, when I was seventeen, 
I don't know uh, how old you are, but you may remember a guy called Jesse Jackson. You ever heard of this guy? Jesse, uh, black dude, right? Yeah, black dude. Uh, he. So this is what's happened. What I learned when I was there was two uh, establishment guys running for office. You know, typical lesser of two evils. Re Republican was a guy called Ro Ronald Reagan. The Democrat was a guy called uh, Walter Mondale. Okay. Right. Remember, both wings of the establishment are very clever. Remember, I told you they create the not so obvious versions. So the Republicans had this emerging thing called the Tea Party, right? And the Democrats right. had a guy called Jesse Jackson who was riling up all the young people. And he was running something called the Rainbow Movement. And he was speaking radical stuff. I'm anti establishment. Rainbow? Yeah. This is before the rain, this rainbow. It was, it was a predecessor to that. Okay. He called it the Rainbow right. Movement. And, you know, trying to get blacks and whites, you know, we're going to fight the man, fight the establishment. So all young people like myself were like, wow, he's anti-establishment. But at the last minute, what he does on the floor of the Democratic Convention, Sneeko, he gives all of his votes to Walter Mondale, the Democrat. He preaches the same old bullshit. This thing I have in the headline, lesser of two evils. He says, you know, you know, we got to all come together, right? This is what they always do. We got to all come together. So he, like sheep, brings all these very angry young kids right into the belly of the beast back to the Democrats, okay? So this is a technique that I realized that the establishment has two sides, Republican Democrats, and then they create their not so obvious versions, right? Because they always have to rile people up. So today on the left, you have Bernie Sanders and AOC, those characters. On the right, you have people like Trump now, okay? He says enough things to get, because these people excited. But ultimately, they're all part of the establishment because if you actually look, and it's very hard because we're all looking for a hero, right? We're all looking for someone to come from above. But when mm. you look at the reality, what did Trump actually do? Forget all the hype. He his well, he, he was one of the most peaceful presidents in recent history. He didn't start any wars. Well, let's talk about that, okay? Let's talk about that. Um, if you really look back at what happened, and this is going to all come out, Eight months ago, there was a uh, a uh, a investigative report. Remember, you heard all about this Russian hoax stuff, the, the Russia hoax, right? Yeah. So the Democrats were saying, you know, Trump, uh, Russians put Trump in power. Okay. Now, what happened was, as time went on, the Mueller report said, no, that's not true. The Russians didn't do it, right? And then Trump said, see, I'm vindicated. The Russians didn't do it. You know who put Trump into power was the Israelis. So yeah, I'm aware. The, a very good investigative reporter. He went looked back at the original FBI unredacted versions, and Netanyahu met with Roger Stone, and they decided that they're going to give the data from the Russians to Trump through Israel because Israel has the best surveillance. Mossad does, and in return, Trump would make sure that he would ixnay the Iran nuclear deal and he would move the embassy to Jerusalem, which is what he did. That was his job. So we have to see this as a long movie, okay? Not just see it in the frames because you can get easily diluted. So when you look at the long arc of it, all of these guys work together. It was what Trump did that teed up Netanyahu for today, okay? It gave him the power mm -hmm. that he has today. It was what Jared Kushner was the biggest snake, okay? Why is that guy even in the White House? He gets a $2 Gosh. million you know, interest-free loan from the Saudis. So we have to really look at this from this arc of history because they confuse us. And that's their job. Their goal is to manipulate people. 
to think that one guy's fighting for some of the other. If you look at this graph in our flyer, I don't know if you can see it. See that graph there, Sneeko? Yeah, it's dropping on the red. Yeah, the red is, so on the x-axis, it's a little bit hard to see, but that goes from 1980, 70 till today. That is the United States life expectancy. If you have a kid today, your kid's ex life expectancy will be shorter than yours. The gray line is all the industrialized nations. So why am I bringing this graph? Because if there's one indicator of the success of a country is, are there people living healthy, right? So this shows mm -hmm. that your child, and it's not because of the vaccine, this has been a whole bunch of policies that goes back to the 60s, right? The stress on the average American, the income inequality, right? The incredible amount of poisons in the air, right? There's a whole bunch of things. And this has been done by Democrat and Republican, left and right, to essentially destroy the immune systems of a body. And I'm a systems biologist. That's what I do full time. But you can see a policy that someone passes here literally affects your biology. So you look at lockdowns. Lockdown was a policy that they did. It caused depression among people, right? It caused people's immune systems to get worse. So policies affect people's biology. And so you can look at a large scale system and then what it does to your biological system. So that's very, very important to understand, Sneeko, because people don't understand this. Um, so in this flyer that we hand out, right, we teach people, look, this is what's going on. Who's doing this is what I call the swarm. You may want, at some point, the audience listening should go to a website called shattertheswarm.com. In 15 minutes, I explain who the real enemy is. Okay, I call it the swarm. You there, Nico? Sneeko? Did we lose him? John? Oh, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, I have a quick question. Yep. Oh, so what's the what's the truth about the vaccine? Well, here's the truth. Okay, in 2019, right? I did a whole thing. You see, what happens is anytime a real issue comes up, Sneeko, people use it as an opportunity never to go to the root cause to try to put something out. So we all separate ourselves. Working people fight against each other. So if mm -hmm. you go look at the videos that I was educating people on, I said you have to look beyond vax and anti-vax. The fundamental issue is this, that since 1980, since 1960, there's a guy called John F. Kennedy. Okay, you may know him, right? President of the United States. In 1962, he passed a law called the 1962 Vaccination Act. What was that? That basically said that the government has a right to jab you. That's what it basically said. And he based that idea on a... 1915 model of the immune system. They had some ideas on how the immune system worked. And the idea was if you get a jab, your body will create antibodies and voila, you're protected. So based on this very rudimentary idea of the immune system, John Kennedy passed a law, okay, called the 1962 Vaccination Act. And that created all these bureaucracies in the government, but ultimately gave the government and the state governments a right to jab you. You got it? It's quite extraordinary. So they created all this bureaucracy. So after 1962 to uh, 1986, in those 24 years, people were getting injured and people were suing the pharmaceutical companies in the courts. So guess what happens? The pharmaceutical companies are getting sued and they go whining to Congress and the government paying off Congress people. So another guy called Ted Kennedy, he's a younger brother of John Kennedy who, by the way, killed a woman here in Massachusetts, literally murdered her, 
and got away with it. You should go. You, you should go watch a movie called Chappaquiddick. Okay. So Joe yeah. Kennedy, the father of John Kennedy, essentially is an organized criminal. All right. He made sure his first son got to be president, and then he protected his other son, who was a drunk who killed a woman from going to jail and made him a senator. So Ted Kennedy was instrumental in creating the National Vaccine Injury Program in 1986. Instead of, you know, suing all these phar pharma companies, guess what they do? The government protects all the pharmaceutical companies. They say no one can sue a pharmaceutical company for vaccine injury. Let me repeat that again. After 1986, a law was passed that if your son or you got injured from a vaccine, you cannot sue the pharmaceutical company. If your tires fall off your Toyota, you can go sue Toyota, right? If, if, right. if right, but you cannot sue the pharmaceutical companies. Does that make sense? Quite extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So that, so, and then they created more bureaucracy called the vaccine courts in the government. All right, so you can't sue a pharma company. And so what ends up happening is, think about what I'm saying fundamentally is that if you have a child or if you have a kid, how does your kid get strong? If you take a systems approach, if I play out in the dirt as I, when I'm a kid, right? Your body gets exposed to all the stuff, your immune system gets turned on and you get strong. You following me? If you took, mm -hmm. if you take a kid and you never expose him to dirt and you never expose him to any other children, he's growing up in a bubble. Got it? And this kid, the other kid is growing up, you know, he's playing with dogs, animals, he's seeing dust. His immune system gets strong. So this kid becomes weaker, Sneeko. So guess what this kid's going to need? He's going to need artificial immunity when he gets older, e.g. a vaccine, because you have to now introduce these antigens to make to build up his immune system. You follow? So it's happened over the last 70, 60 years, right, is you've had two sets of kids. One set of kids who played in the dirt, got used to stuff. Another set of kids who didn't get Test it. It'd be like if you work out, right? Imagine you never working out. The first day you go to work out, you feel a little pain, right? You don't just give up. You come back, you come back and your body gets stronger. Okay. That's called resilience. The more you expose your stuff, your body gets stronger. So that's the concept of an immune system. So when you ask me this question about vaccines, you see, it's really not the, the real question is how do you strengthen the immune system? So when COVID- Did you take the vaccine? No, no fucking way. No. Okay. Okay. You know, what's in the mRNAs? What is that? What is an mRNA? So, all right. Um, mRNA means messenger RNA. Okay. What does that mean? So if you take every cell in your body, you have about 6 trillion cells. Um, I, and I'm going to try to give you the short, long answer of it. Okay. Let's say if you look at your body, right, you have a certain color hair, you have a certain color eyes. I have a certain color hair. We have, let's say all these features in our body. There's something called genes. The genes create these features, okay? How do they do that? Mm -hmm. So if you have a gene for blue eyes, there's a piece of your DNA has a set of pieces of the DNA that's called a gene. So when you want to create blue eyes, you have to create the protein for blue eyes. I'm making it simple, okay? So the genes create something called messenger RNA. And the messenger okay. RNA codes for that blue eyes. So if, if you go to the part of the DNA that codes for the color of the eyes, you have a piece of the DNA which codes your mRNA to create blue eye protein. My messenger RNA may code to create brown, brown eye protein, okay? 
So messenger RNA is in your body, okay? The messenger RNA creates a protein. Got it? Just keep it that simple. Your body has this. So when they created the messenger RNA vaccine, very clever what they did, they're giving your body an external messenger RNA. And that, when that piece of messenger RNA goes into your cells, it uses your cellular machinery to code for the spike protein, okay? And when your body sees that spike protein, it starts creating antibodies, all right? So it's a, so instead, so there's two ways you could get antibodies. Let's say I have COVID and I sneeze on you, your body gets the spike protein, your body makes it, okay? Or you right. give people a messenger RNA which creates protein. So messenger RNA is something you know our body has, but they created a foreign version of messenger RNA to create that protein, okay? Which would then create the antibody. But the net of what I'm sharing with you is all of this stuff in some ways is irrelevant. If we go to the real issue, from a systems issue is let's talk about how we boost people's immune system. So in March of 2020, Sneeko, I was the only one who was the first one to say this whole thing's bullshit. It's fear mongering, right? If you want to protect the immune system, vitamin D3, quercetin, zinc, I gave people a protocol. I saved hundreds of millions of people's lives. People still write to me every day. If you actually have a serious illness, get vitamin C, you know, heavy dose, right? So I told Trump, um, and I, my communication got to him because his former wife took my document right to him. I said, don't shut down the country, dumb move. You know, all those people who you think are gonna have problems, just give them vitamin support, okay? And the people who are truly sick, you know, you give them high dose vitamin D, vitamin uh, A, et cetera. There's a whole protocol, man. It's been known for 50, 60 years, okay? Anything I said was not new. So the bottom line is it's about boosting the immune system. So when you look at this curve, man, the reason I wanted to show you this is um, when you go to the scientific conferences, you know, I do a lot of research on aging, okay? The immune system and the aging molecular systems are highly related. So if you want to live long, take care of your immune system, okay? That's how similar they are. What's the best way to take care of your immune system? You said vitamin C. What else can we do? Well, yes. Yeah, so... So the number one reason that your immune system are aging. So, you know, I was in Sardinia, which is the island off the coast of Italy, where people have the most number of people who are 100 years old or older than anywhere in the world per capita. Number one reason people have strong immune systems and live long. Sonico, you know what it is? Friendships. It? Friendships. Forget eating. Forget working out. Number one is when you have community and friendships, you feel safe. Stress is the number one killer. If you're always, oh shit, who's going to backstab me? Do I really have any friends? If you are lonely, you destroy your immune system. I'm not saying go get drunk and go, you know, be obese, right? But what I'm trying to say is number one is community. So they've done enough research to say if you isolate people who have no friends, their body's biology actually turns off their immune systems. It, your body is like an amazing pharmaceutical company. It knows how to create antivirals. It creates inflammation, which is not good. So if you're lonely, your body actually goes into depression mode and it actually destroys your immune system. So look, what did they do? They locked down people, man. They were trying to kill people. Mm. Number two is your body needs sunlight. Think about everything I'm saying is like natural shit. Friends, hanging out in the sun. Why? Because when, vitamin, when the sun hits your skin, now people are darker, they need five times more sun. 
So they told mm. all these black people in New York to go inside. It's like sending people to a death sentence, especially in the world. Right. So when sunlight hits your body, your skin, at your skin level, your body creates vitamin D3. That vitamin D3 then creates these very powerful proteins called catholicidin antimicrobial pro proteins. You know what these proteins are? They're like bullets. And they literally blow up the, 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 the uh, membrane of fungus, virus, bacteria, you see? So this is why the sun is so important. Ideally, you're getting it from the sun. If not, you should try to look at, if you can't, D3 supplementation. Ideally, like the cod liver oil, you know? Or if not, you go for the D3, okay? But sun, sunlight, friendships. The other is your body needs vitamin A. Now, if your thyroid is working right, and by the way, you can see all the videos I did back in 2020, same stuff I'm sharing with you now. If you eat enough of the, the purple and the really dark green leafy vegetables, your body if you're, you know, will create vitamin A, which protects your cell walls, okay? And um, iodine is very good for this. You know, most of our salt used to have iodine. It doesn't. The sea vegetables are good for this. Ideally, you get it from food, okay? Mm -hmm. The other thing is the skin or fruits have something called quercetin, which allows zinc to go in and zinc stops viral replication. Anyway, this is how we, it's very simple, but look what we're doing, man. We're destroying people's immune systems. And this is by design. So, so don't reinvent the wheel when it comes to immune system, happiness, and serotonin, dopamine. It just go back to the base. Friendship, sunlight, exercise, fresh food. Some food. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the rich, dark, grief, you know, the rich mineral-based foods, right? The leafy greens, right. root vegetables. It's pretty simple. But think about it. Really, don't reinvent the wheel. Don't reinvent the wheel. Go back to the basics. Don't reinvent the wheel. And 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 that's why, you know, there's people who work out all day. Do I'm not look, I enjoy working out, but ultimately when I was in Sardinia. You have, I mean, there was a guy who's eight, 85 years old. He's climbing a tree up and down, okay? So it's obvious that number one is the, the family's physical activity, right? Very, very important. And, you know, and the uh, other is all these cultures always drank some local alcohol. Now, I'm not saying go get drunk, but a local fermented drink, right? If you look at the Germans, they had sauerkraut, right? Because you take care of your gut, your digestion, everything takes care of itself a fermented drink. Those were the top three reasons, man, people live long. So mm -hmm. vitamin supplements were way at the bottom of the list, you say, but these were the fundamental building blocks, the friendships, the family close ties, right? Number two, the vigorous exercise of some kind, right? Physical movement, and then some type of fermented food. And then obviously you can layer in other things beyond that. But you know, what we are, what we've done to the U.S. society now is you go, you look at kids, they go to school, college, the crap that they get fed, they can't even get a good meal. And then people are inside yeah. all day, right? So these are very, very basic things. So when you looked at COVID, we basically are looking at people at pre-existing conditions, right? Obese, you know, they're, they're not healthy. And then when something comes, boom, it kills them. And then you, you, you overblow it, you fear mongering, but that was all essentially a big scam because the they needed a big scam, Sneeko, to really, because they needed to print money. That's what they really needed to do. So now they need to print money to keep the economy up. So they're going to create various crises to say, oh yeah, print the money. Give me digital currency, right? So where this is all going is the U.S. is $300 trillion in, uh, you know, in debt. They got a $200 trillion in resources. 
So mark my words, they're going to move to the way they're going to pay down this debt is they're going to poof, create digital currency, and they're going to use that to pay down the debt. That's where this is headed. And then with digital currency, it's much easier to control people because you can link digital currency to your social media profile, you say? So yeah. that's where this is about. So the only way out of this is building a bottoms up movement. And and for people to understand the dynamics of what's going on, it's really education. And people to understand the level of deception that's going on in the world by the people claim they're fighting for you. And so what I've created, Sneeko, is a movement now, it's global called Truth, Freedom, Health. Truth, Freedom, Health. And Truth, that's Freedom, a, There's a website or your, yeah, your people, movement? People go to truthfreedomhealth.com and what is it? It's basically number one, uh, if you look at the world around us, we're all trying to figure out what the hell's going on. For years, people use philosophy, right? Okay, the world, let's make it liberal. Let's make it anarcho-syndicalist, right? Let's be communist, right? Everyone has these ideas about what the world should be. But most of those ideas, Sneeko, come from philosophical ideas. But what I uncovered through my, you know, the, the great thing about engineering or a plumber or electrician, you can, they can't bullshit you either. They build something and it works or it doesn't. Lawyers can bullshit you, right? But right, right, right. so the foundation of most of the engineering stuff is called system science. I used to teach it at MIT. So in the 1900s, the elite started learning system science. It's a new field of science. And those who learn system science, Nico, can rule the world. This is how a small mm. set of people are ruling 8 billion people. Henry Kissinger understands system science. George Soros understands system science. All the 10,000 advisors, all the um, you know, major leaders of the world understand it. I used to teach it at MIT. So what I realized was that unless we bring this knowledge to everyday people, the large majority of people are always going to be in bondage. So I figured out a way to educate people on that. But the three principles of the nine principles of system science, there's three forces that move the world, Sneeko. Movement. What are they? Number one is movement. Think about what you do. You get up okay. and move, right? That's called, in engineering science, we call it transport. The second feature of the universe is called conversion. Things convert mm -hmm. from one form to another. Clouds convert to rain, right? An ice cube melts, it becomes water, right? Um, you eat yeah. a piece of fruit, your body digests it, right? To give you energy. That's called the conversion principle. It occurs everywhere in nature. And the third principle is called structure or storage things that contain things like we have the walls of this building. You have your skeleton, skeletal structure, right? That holds you. So transport, conversion, storage, structure. Got it? So when I created Truth Freedom Health, Truth Freedom Health embodies those scientific engineering principles. Freedom, the ability to move. Information, like I'm talking to you. Matter, I should be able to move from one city to another without, you know, lockdowns, right? So. Freedom is very, very important. You can judge the society by how much freedom it has. The second mm -hmm. thing is, are they able to convert things from one form to another? Innovation is a conversion process, taking ideas and creating an infrastructure where people can be very, very prolific and make new businesses. You say that's a conversion mm -hmm. process. Science is a process of conversion. I throw out all sorts of crazy ideas and then you apply the scientific method. You may say... I don't know, a donkey is holding up the earth. And I may say there's something called gravity. We both have the right to our ideas. But with freedom, you 
you you really test these ideas and you convert ideas to truth. You follow? That's truth. So truth is a conversion process. And then health. Why is health important? Health is a structural piece. Without economic health, physical health, right? You cannot fight for freedom. How can a guy who's 5,000 pounds overweight, he can talk all day about the First Amendment, Second Amendment, but you're fucking overweight, right? You're not strong. Can I ask you, why are you not at the debate right now? There's a, there's a Republican debate happening as we speak. Why are you not there? Well, I'm running as an independent, right? We're running as independents. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. You ran Republican last election, right? Yep. We did. Why did you make that choice? This Well, I realized that both wings of the establishment have no interest in helping the working people of this country, period. And mm. if you look at it, I mean, if you look at it this way, I'll, I'll give you Ma Massachusetts as an example. And you can apply this to every other part of the country. Six million people are citizens here. Okay, sorry, 6.7 million people, Massachusetts. Where are you at, Sneeko? Are you in Florida? Uh, Miami, yeah, Florida. Yes. So you can. So in Massachusetts, we have 6.7 million people. Guess how many people are eligible to vote? 5.5 million. Okay. Wow. All right. So 5.5 million people can vote. How many are registered to vote? 4 million. So that means 1.5 million people don't even believe in the system anymore. They don't even bother registering. Out of those 4 million people, guess who? How many actually vote? 2 million. I don't know. 2 million. That's it. Yeah. So now you got two plus one, so 3.5 million people don't even register to vote or don't bother voting. Now, out of those 2 million people registered to vote and vote, how many are Republicans in Massachusetts? 10%. How many are Democrats? 35%. How many are independents? 60%. Really? Yeah. And, and registered or just because they're undeclared? Registered independents. Right? So Massachusetts, only 10% are Republicans, 30, 30% uh, uh, Democrats, 60% independents. So more and more people are recognizing both of these parties don't serve them. But whenever it gets election time, people say, oh, I got to vote for the lesser of two evils. I got to vote for the lesser of two evils. You know, how can Dr. Shiva win? You know, we got to vote for Trump or Biden, right? And my right, point right, is, right, look right. at what's going on. If you want to keep killing your children, we need a systems overhaul. Mm -hmm. That's what this is about. This is about- We need a revolution. We need a revolution, man. We do. We need a, I call it a systems overhaul. So in my book, System and Revolution, I, I describe what is a revolution. And I, what is it? A revolution is when a system goes from one state to another. Technically, it's called a phase transition. No different than ice, which is in the solid form. You know, ice, exactly at uh, 32 degrees Fahrenheit, it melts, right? You think about a boiling mm -hmm. pot of water, exactly at 212. So revolutions go like this and boom, they occur instantaneously. When an, and so in a revolution, a human revolution will occur when people's consciousness gets raised. You see, you're moving enough atoms. You don't need to change everyone, man. This is what's interesting. If you take a population of people, of 100 people, 30% of those people, Sneeko, will never... If you say go east, they'll want to go 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 west. If you say go right. north, they just will disagree. Thirty percent, fifty percent of the people watch which way the argument's going. So that's eighty. Now twenty percent are the people who are change agents. So my position is, it's like during the pandemic, a bunch of people are wearing masks in their own family. People would be arguing with them. My point: if someone wants to wear a mask, give them three masks to wear. Don't bother. You're not going to convince these people. The way yeah. we change the world is find the 20%. Very important. Are you, you're part of the 20, right? 
I think so. Yeah, I'm part of the 20% who wants to change the world. And so I'm sure you are. What, what separates the, the 20 from the 80? Very, very interesting question. I think, you know, it, it's, it could be many factors. It could be epigenetic, genetic, life experiences. I think it's fundamentally many of the people in the 20% probably have had some experience in life, Sneeko, where they had to question love, death, or some aspect of human existence. They actually became human beings, right? They asked, what is the purpose of life? And I think mm -hmm. what fundamental, and they may have done it, you know, directly or implicitly, say explicitly or implicitly, but the 20% are questioning people. They're asking, what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? That's what I've consistently noticed. And they're self-reflective people. Um, so the goal is, you know, you don't have to, I mean, the American revolution didn't occur with 20%. It was like 3%. Okay. But once enough people understand these physics, you can change the world. So the dynamics here, Sneak, are number one, to educate people who is the swarm, right? Who are the people that control us? How is it a small set of people are able to control 8 billion people? Who, who controls the world, according to Dr. Shiva? Well, it's not any one religious group. It's a swarm. Let me tell you what a swarm is. You ever go out? Uh, I mean, you've probably seen this in Florida over a lake or a river. You see all these birds flying. They sometimes move together, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's who the elites are. They're not any one group in any one particular location. They're not any one religion. They even have their own internal differences. But overall, they move together telepathically, okay? So people say, oh, my God, Trump is being indicted. Oh, my God, right? They're still part of the same clubhouse, all right? They may have some differences. One organized crime family member may want to shoot another one, okay? But that has nothing to do with the 8 billion of us. So when you, to really understand, I recommend all your guys go to shattertheswarm.com. It took me 50 years to do this video, but you'll see it in 15 minutes. I explain it and you really get it. Okay. So it teaches that there are the forces of power, profit control, and they're a family. Okay. Of the top 100 university presidents, the top 100 heads of the major fortune 1000 companies, right? The, you know, top 20 or 30 uh, network companies, in fact, social media um, guys, influencers, they're all part of the same family. And those people want to make sure that the 8 billion over here never build their own bottoms up movement. So how do they do that, Nico? How do these people, Sneeko, how do these people do that? The way they do it, man, is they consistently input ideas. So what they do, Sneeko, is one idea they input is you must come to us. Look to us for your liberation. Look to Trump. Okay, he's a great businessman. Well, it's not true. He's a reality show businessman. Look to the Kennedys. They were shot. Oh, my God, they're martyrs. Bullshit, they're organized crime families, okay? So they always make us look to them as though the saviors are going to come from them. The second thing is they keep inputting us information so we become more fat physically, more dumb, and more lazy. And we always are mm -hmm. looking to them. And as we become more fat, which people actually became, then they try to normalize it. Oh, fat is good. They start doing shows on TV, right? Oh, you know, oh, I mean, think about it. It's crazy. So they have this entire process. Their goal, if you study control systems theory, it's like a pilot trying to get to a goal. Their goal is they have a dashboard. Okay, more people are getting dumb. Excellent. More people think Trump is going to save them. Awesome. More people think the Kennedys are going to help them. Great, great, right? More people think Musk is their savior. So they're constantly inputting their people into us. And they're watching us getting more fat, dumb, and lazy, and they love that. 
And then as we get more fat, dumb, and lazy, we're going to buy more of their shitty products, more drugs to save us, right? And we're going to create an economy for them. And once people understand this dynamic, A, it's not any one person. It's a multiracial, decentralized group of people. I call it the swarm. Well, what do they have in common? Do they have any belief in common? Yeah. Do they go to the same rituals? Do they have the same? What There must be some common denominator. Well, I think, I think you know, it's probably one, two, one to two degrees of freedom. They know each other in terms of their cell phone connections, right? That they're physically in the same neighborhood. They probably go to the same clubs, the same equestrian. But the most important thing is, they're unified on maximizing power, profit, and control, okay? Power, profit, and control. They want to maximize that. And to the extent one helps maximize that, that's what they'll do. Um, you know, their rituals, they may be Hindus. They may be Muslims. They may be Christians. It doesn't matter, man. They have all different religions, all different colors. But they have this one temperament, which is to maximize power, profit, and control. And they work damn hard to promote the ideology that they're the chosen ones and we're the, the fucking idiots. Okay. This is, so this is where Zionism fits it, right? Brahminism from the Indian caste system, right? Where I came from, the small set of people are better than others. Nazism was part of that, right? The Aryan race. So they always deep down, they're putting, whether it's Nazism, they're using one day Zionism or casteism, the concept that they're better and we're the peons, right? This is why the power of Zionism is there. So, but it's a swarm, but they have a goal. So when you study system science, you realize there's nine principles of system science, a goal, okay? The observation of where you're going called sensors, decision-making, right? Making very clear decisions, sending inputs to get a particular output, which matches the goal and using the principle of transport, conversion and storage, okay? Mm -hmm. I just taught you system science. So I've taken this very powerful knowledge that the elites learn Sneeko. And my goal is like Prometheus bringing that fire to the world. We must educate enough people to understand this dynamics so they don't fucking get lost in this left-right nonsense, Democrat, Republican, right? And even the fake independence, that's what booby fucking Kennedy is. You see booby fucking Kennedy, they realize that people are waking up. So they, they're creating him as an opposition when he's part of that, right? He was on Epstein's plane. All of these guys were Epstein's plane. He cocksucked Zionism. Right when October 7th, oh, yeah, let's go beat them up. Every of those presidential candidates except me does not suck Zionist cock. And that's the reality. They all suck Zionist cock. And, we, and that's a beautiful, clear line, right? There's an old John Carpenter movie called And They Live. And it's a cool movie with this construction guy who finds these glasses. It's an old 1970s movie. And he puts on these glasses and he's able to see all the evil. What's wonderful, unfortunate about what occurred in Gaza is you can see all of those people who suck Zionist cock, every one of them. And they had to find this brown nose Vivek guy, right? Complete cock. Yeah, oh, okay, hold on. So, okay. What is your opinion on Vivek Ramasaswamy? Fucking snake. Piece of shit. Brahmin, brown nosing motherfucker. Okay. And let me justify that. Okay. Is any one of your people? He's not one of my people. You're my people. He's a fucker. He's part of the swarm. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about this fool. Now think about this. I mean, you go back to 2020. Our stuff got out everywhere. So they go find a brown nose, a brown guy who starts talking all this anti-establishment shit to mimic me. But let's look at this guy. I, I can give you so much shit on this guy. Okay. How is it? Oh, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. 
So Sneeko, think about this. The think about this. Simple principle. He who gets visibility on mainstream media is a Zionist cocksucker. Okay? That's a simple com commandment. Because they're not going to give any prick access to mainstream media. Get it? Because that means if that's why fucker Carlson and Joe Rogan, who know me and fuck all of those guys, will never put me on their shows because it's over for them. Because I'll say, wait a minute, mm. this guy's a real fucking deal. How come you've never okay. put him on? Because I'll expose him. Because yeah. Carlson is part of the intelligence network. Joe Rogan is part of this. Okay? All part of it, man. I'll share I'll share with you the evidence if you want, want, want to see that. What, I know Joe Rogan touched a kid on an island? Joe Rogan, where does Joe Rogan get his money from? Follow the money. Spotify. Yeah, multi-billion dollar company, okay? Now, yeah. think about Joe Rogan. He's always like two years. One sec, sorry. Yeah. This thing fell. No, keep going. I can hear Don't you. Worry. Rogan is always two years behind the eight ball, okay? So yeah. um, remember, this guy is part of, I don't know if you've been up to Malibu or Hollywood. Remember, all of these people have been out together, okay? No one gets that amount of attention, Sneeko, unless you're part of the swarm. Mm. Right. So how do you become part of the swarm? You do what they need you to do, which is you control masses of people and you give them the illusion that the swarm is your savior, okay? As long as we're looking to them, a guy with a fucking golden plated toilet is going to help us. That's what they love, right? As long as they create these fly traps, they take away your power in believing in you and building a bottoms up movement with your one of us, right? Like me and others. My position is we need to build a bottoms up movement. You need to get educated to understand this dynamic of the swarm. Now, that's very powerful. I'm not saying follow me. I'm saying I'm a catalyst. I was one of those people who was very fortunate that I came from below. I understood this and I never sold out. You see, I've been like Forrest Gump, man. I've been in the very, very inner workings of Hollywood, the Indian government, academia. I could have sold that anytime, but I fucking hate these guys because I know what they do to people, right? I could not sell out. Now, what you need to understand is what was Rogan? I mean, what the fuck is this guy? Okay. And if you want to understand Rogan, understand who owns him. His agent is a guy called Ari Emanuel, a Zionist hoodlum. Yeah, I know him. He, 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 there's a picture of him spraying Elon Musk with the exactly. boat. With the, the yeah, host, and it yeah. says it all. Now, Ari Emanuel owns the biggest Hollywood talent agency in the world. Okay? Right. It was, used to be called William Morris. So it's called Endeavor now. Okay? So any A-list actor better suck his cock to be an A-list actor. Truth. Okay? So if you, you're not going to be anyone in Hollywood without a big agent, all right? So that's right. him. So he owns all the major A-list actors. Now, who else does Ari Emanuel own? He also owns UFC, okay? Well, I thought Dana White owns it. No, he owns it. Go look it up, okay? Ari Emanuel owns the? UFC. Dana White may be a really? partner in it, yep. And who does Ari Emanuel also own? He owns WEF, okay? What the? Yeah, which is which Vince Vince You own nothing and be happy? You're gonna eat the bugs and live in a box? No, the, the, uh, WWE. No, WWE. I'm sorry, WWE. Oh, oh they said sorry. the WEF. Okay. Sorry, 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 WWE. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It used to be called WWF. Sorry. WWE. Okay. So think about this. One guy owns Hollywood actors. He owns UFC boxers. 
and he owns WWE, whatever, fake wrestling actors, right? So think yeah, about yeah, yeah. he has the ability to offer the masses different kinds of theater. Oh, you want WWE? I'm going to give you that. You want boxing? I'm going to give you that. You want Hollywood? I'm going to give you that. And, and he's the agent to Joe Rogan. And he was going to put Elon Musk on the board of Endeavor. You see how closely these guys are tied together? There's one restaurant, if you go to Malibu, when I used to live out there, called Nobu. There's a VIP section there, Sneeko. And every one of the same set of people always hang out there. All right? Okay. This is a very tight-knit group of people, man. So you don't advance if you, if you fuck one of those people up. So in 2014, 15, I did some of the fundamental research exposing genetically engineered foods. Many of Rogan's friends were saying, put Dr. Shiva on. He was putting the Monsanto scientists on. I mean, come on. I got an MIT PhD. I published in the leading journals in the world. You know, why wouldn't you put me on? He follows me. He purposely didn't put me on, but he put the pro Monsanto scientists on. During the lockdowns, Eddie Bravo called him and he said, put Shiva on. Nothing. But he put all the motherfuckers on. Then he waited two years. Oh, I'm now I'm against the vaccines. Oh, you see, they don't do shit when it needs to be done. After the, it's like Fire Marshal Bob, after the buildings burned down, oh my God, I'm here with the axe to talk about it. Same with fucker Carlson. You see, these guys are clever, man. And then people are like, oh my God, fucker did such a great job. He's fighting Fox. Bullshit. Look at his family. His family's CIA. He's part of the intelligence network. The deception, it's in many ways, it's easier to tr trust a Bush or Clinton because you know they're going to come, like Malcolm X said, like the wolf coming to get your throat. The foxes are the people come from behind, as Malcolm said, okay? The white liberal foxes, that's who they are, okay? And mm -hmm. this is the education people need to understand, Sneeko, because if you don't understand this, you're going to waste 20 years of, oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump sounds good. Trump's good. Trump's full of shit. He's a fucking Zionist hoodlum. He's a radical Zionist hoodlum. He brought in fucking wow. Jared Kushner into the White House, okay? I mean, he made some mistakes. That wasn't a mistake. You have mistakes. to. Look, look, I've met with Trump. The guy wanted to be an actor. We have to stop giving these people mistakes, okay? So it who's good? Who do you think is actually uncompromised? Do you, do you know about – um? I have, I have a friend, uh, Nick Fuentes. Have you heard about him? I know of Nick. I haven't spoken to him. I, I, what do you think about him? I think Nick's. I think some of Nick's analysis is good, especially against Zionism. It's excellent. But let me. What do you think about Andrew Tate? I haven't spoken to him. I don't. I haven't really explored him. But let me tell you who I like. Okay. Everyone always asks me who I like, and they say always yeah. critiquing everyone. Okay. Right. The people I critique are only like twenty people, but there's eight billion of us. You know, what I like. I like you. I like John Medlar. We've created a movement now, about a half a billion people, everyday people. You see, the question that you're asking, Sneeko has, and don't take this the wrong way, has a subtext in it as though one of them is going to save us. They're not. Right. It's, it's kind of looking for a savior complex, but it, you need to have a collective. You need to have people that are like-minded. I think that's probably why you uh, reached out. Yeah. I'm saying that the fundamental, what I liked about you is we need to ask, you can judge the, the consciousness of a person by the questions they ask. Okay. So when I exposed, I have to do this fucking custodial work, like the low cast, you know, darky okay i have to expose all these motherfuckers right when i expose kennedy all these people are, oh my god you you should work with bobby he's a great guy no he's he's a fucking scumbag okay and this is why oh my god yeah he endorsed hillary clinton three times oh my god everyone had to be vaccinated coming to his home oh my god he fucking banged 30 women and then drove his wife to hang hang herself 
buried her and the next day he takes her. I mean, you go on and on and on. So what's happened is the abuse victim mentality has made people think, well, you know, he, he does beat me only once in a while, but he brings me some flowers. He's a nice guy. That fucking mentality, codependent mentality. This is very deep and the elites know this. So we keep forgiving them. Well, he made a mistake. Trump didn't fucking make a mistake. He didn't make a mistake, Nico. He knows it was all he, intentional. He is, look, think about the swarm here. They, they do a beauty pageant every two to four years trying to find the next fucking motherfucker who will manipulate the masses so we don't build a movement. Keep it simple, okay? They do not want us building a bottoms up movement. So they keep, they will find even the guy who said the most radical shit, okay? Oh my God, did you hear what he said? He's one of my guys. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Uh, let's look at fucking Vivek the Snake. Let's look, let's actually look at how this motherfucker. I like your nicknames. You got to admit, though, you're kind of taking Trump's strategy of giving every like fucker Carlson. You, you, you got to give him nicknames like that. Well, That's a good strategy. I, I, I need, well, I grew up in Jersey, man. We always talk like this, okay? Okay, um, yeah, sure, sure. Right. Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah, whatever the fuck. Okay. He first of all, <laughs> India has a caste system. Oh, like he's on a yeah. India has a caste system. Okay. I don't know if you know okay. what the caste system is. It's actually in the government yeah, documents. You are all pieces of shit, and these people are the upper caste. It's like Zionism to the power of 20. Okay. So we were the low caste Indians. People, my parents weren't even supposed to get educated, man. It's quite extraordinary. So this guy, first of all, comes from a Brahmin family. He's a brown noser. He's a big farmer brown noser. So let me give you one example. First of all, he goes to Harvard, okay? And then hangs around with his hedge fund guys, same clubs, the swarm. And then he decides he wants to do a company. Now, when I've done companies, I actually created things. I created EchoMail. I wrote email, right? I created, I actually go do the fucking work day and night. These people don't engineer shit. So he goes, raise, gets $5 million from his buddies. And then he takes that five million, Sneeko, and he goes to a big pharma company called GlaxoSmithKline, GSK. This company has a drug that they were trying to say, oh, we discovered a drug for Alzheimer's. Well, when you create a drug, you have to go test it on human beings. It's called a clinical trial, okay? Phase one, phase two, phase three. Phase one is with maybe 10, 20 people. Phase two is with 1,000 people. And phase three is when you go test it with tens of thousands of people. In order to get a drug out to market, you have to do phase one, phase two, phase three. Got it? So GlaxoSmithKline claimed that they had discovered a drug for Alzheimer's. It failed phase one and phase two. Failed for Alzheimer's. Then they tried to say, oh, okay, this drug will work for Parkinson's. It failed. They tried to say it'll work for dementia. It failed. It failed, failed, failed. Failed four times. Got it? Yeah. A failed drug. Now, what would you think about if I took that failed drug and I said, hey, Sneeko, this drug works. You know, I'm going to start a company with this awesome drug, man. I'm going to cure Alzheimer's with it. Knowing it failed, what would you think about me? I would think you're a failure too. It's a, it's crookery. It's criminal, isn't it? So what does this guy do? He goes to GlaxoSmithKline, buys a drug for five million bucks from them, puts it in a new company called Axovant. Okay? Then, it gets even more interesting, has his mother on the board or employee in this company. His mother's a doctor. Tells his mother to go do research on this drug. Well, what does mama do for him? His mother goes, gets the data from this company of the failed test trials, throws away all the data where the people stopped using the drug because it was causing them side effects, likely. 
and then says, oh my God, the drug's a great drug, writes up a bogus paper. And then he uses that paper to go on to start a public company, raises money, stock shoots up, he cashes out 30, 40 million bucks. And then he does a phase three clinic, knowing clinical trial, knowing it's going to fail. The stock drops by 99%, leaves. Now, what do you call that kind of fucking person, man? Do you understand why? Uh, I hate a fucker. You? A fucker. Yeah, a serious a fucker. fucker. And then he gets put on Fox News by fucker Carlson. Overnight, they need to create this brown guy because they don't want to point the, this brown guy. This is too fucking dangerous for them. Okay. So they find yeah. this, and then overnight he's on every show. That doesn't happen, yeah. man, unless you're part of the swarm. This fucker right. also, let me give you another example. He graduates from law, uh, graduates from uh, uh, school, makes two million bucks in the bank, and then he applies for a <laughs> for a financial aid grant for an affirmative action grant, which is for poor people, knowing. He's got two million to a to a Paul Soros fund, gets it, and Ahmedi Hassan, I think the guy's name ripped him, exposed the whole thing, you know, and then now he says, "Oh, I'm against affirmative action." I mean, this guy's a fucking fucker. The you have to be a fucking dumb fuck to even listen to this guy. He's a car salesman. If you have any sense of street smartness, every time I hear him, anyone I know who has street smartness from Newark. From New Jersey, this guy's a fucker. He's a fucking sales dude, a bad sales guy. Okay, so that's the level of deception we live in, Sneeko. And so they've literally created like an ice cream store of fuckers. Booby fucking Kennedy, all these women. Oh, he's for medical freedom. No, he isn't. He wants to create quote unquote safe vaccines and create more bureaucracy. Fucking Trump. Oh, really? Come on. You fucking didn't drain the swamp. You brought in Bolton, and then you said, "Well, they wouldn't let me do this. They wouldn't." You're a fucking pussy. You can't get it. You can't execute, and you have to bring in your fucking pussy son-in-law, who's a Zionist hoodlum, yeah. who gets a two billion dollar Saudi loan, and it's right in front of us, man. But we're all looking to the swarm, like a fucking bunch of peasants, and that's what we need to end. And that is that is not even money. It's a change in consciousness. You say, it's a it's a one degree shift. And when enough people do that one degree shift, the water boils. That's called a phase transition. And it's in the mind. So these people spend billions and trillions of dollars manipulating our minds. So we look to them. And that's the point. Is World War Three is World War Three inevitable? No, nothing's inevitable. Okay. Do you think it's gonna happen next year? No, not no way. No, look, this is my point. The future is unfolding onto itself. The this is what I believe. You ever heard of the 100th okay. monkey? It's like no. they found a monkey. It's quite fascinating. No one knows why this occurs, but this is what this is called system science. So one monkey learns how to crack a coconut on one part of the island, doesn't communicate with another monkey. Within days, that monkey's doing it. And another monkey's doing it halfway around the world. And when you get 100, it's, it's, it's basically there is some form of quote unquote telepathy of consciousness. Okay. Information, matter, and energy all fuse together. So when you understand the swarm and you say, wow, what Dr. Shiva is saying makes fucking sense. Another guy halfway around the world understands it. Now we're creating revolutionaries. And we, when we have about 10 to 20,000 people who can articulate that and say, fuck Trump, fuck Luby, fuck Vivek, that's when it's over for them. You see, and I can give you an example, and I'll give you a very clear example because you're anti-war, right? So am I. In During the Vietnam War, 
Do you remember the Vietnam War? A bunch of fucking assholes called by the name of Kissinger. And by the way, it's done by fucking John Kennedy, a fucker also. John fucking Kennedy. Wait, Kissinger also a uh, Zionist. Zionist hoodlum. And who, who gave him all the preeminence? John Kennedy. Okay? He's the one who brought him into the White House. Kennedy was the biggest fucker. He was an imperialist. So Kennedy sends all these poor white kids, poor Hispanic kids, halfway around the world to go kill a bunch of poor yellow people. Ooh, they're communists, right? Little island over here, right? So when that happened, all the liberal white kids didn't want to go fight, right? They said, oh, we're against the war. So they started the anti-war movement. Now, initially, that group of liberal white kids were, oh, the Republicans are bad. And they were. Barry Goldwater wanted to bomb the shit out of the Vietnamese. But they never thought that Democrats were bad. So for eight years, the anti-war movement was Republicans are bad. Republicans are bad. And then in 1968, when you get time, everyone should go watch the 1968 convention. So Lyndon Johnson was the Democrats running for office outside of the convention door. Sneeko. These anti-war protesters are protesting and Lyndon Johnson sends out the police to beat the shit out of these guys who are all sucking up to the Democrats. And that's when these kids wake up and they say, fuck, there's the obvious establishment of the Republicans, but the Democrats are also pro-war, you see? And, and but within, when they broke from both wings of the establishment and started attacking them, that's when the war ended. So the elites figured this out. They don't wanna teach you, they don't wanna teach anyone what I'm trying to teach people, which is you have the obvious establishment and the not so obvious establishment, and they're all part of the swarm. And they want us to keep looking to them, looking to them. Ooh, Dr. Shiva, why is he critiquing everyone? Because you're all a bunch of fucking Zionist cocksuckers. That's why, all right? And when people break from this and we do it on our own, it's over for them. Change will occur like that. You see? And that's what I mean. It's a phase transition. So if you look at anything in nature, it follows what's called an S-curve. It goes like this and then like this and this. Okay? If you're working to build a company, I can tell you as an entrepreneur, you work every day hard, hard. You're trying to get customers, trying to get customers, right? And you just keep working out. A lot of people give up easily. And suddenly you say, wow, I get all these customers. It was all that hard work you did. It's called raising consciousness. You say, And that's what they don't want to happen. The consciousness that needs to be raised here, Sneeko, is what I'm precisely saying. So unfortunately, I have to be the harsh teacher, okay? I have to do all this dirty work and, you know, but I have all the data to back it up. Vivek the snake, fucking Trump, okay? Fucker Carlson. Who killed JFK? Who the fuck cares? Who killed Sam Giancana? Who killed Jimmy Hoffa? Who killed Myra? CIA. No, all these people are mobsters. Notice you can never find out who killed mobsters, okay? You have to understand that among the elites, okay, think about it this way. Here's a swarm. Over here is the Kennedy fucking organized crime family. Over here is the fucking Hoffa crime family, right? And we're over here as peasants. Why the fuck do we care if one crime family knocks out the head of another crime family? Why do we care? Well, I mean, it's a different question. It's a sitting president. You know, say you got elected. What did you say? Dr. Shiva, say you got elected. And then someone I say, wait, who killed Dr. Shiva? It just, no, no that here, happened. Here, here's the oh, wouldn't you want me to care who no, killed you no, if no, you're no, the sitting I, president? No, no. What I'm trying to say is here's the difference, okay? Let's just step back here. The Kennedys aren't John Kennedy, okay? They come from a family. Joe Kennedy. Everyone should go study this guy's background, okay? He was 
part of a, a big organized crime network. He was ahead of that network. Okay. And so, you know, in those days and still now you have families, even Washington today, Sneakos run by families, Obama's, Romney's, the Bushes. You see what I'm saying? So right. think about it from a procedural, from a larger perspective, there's 8 billion of us. These guys are over here. They have the media. They can create all these amazing things, Camelot, royalty. I mean, I, I live in Boston here, right? I just went to the Kennedy Library, okay? Beautiful pictures, right? They have a PR machine, man, making these guys think that they're gods, all right? Every three months, they have another movie on the Kennedys, right? Another, And it's like kings and royalty. So we have to understand that what is our goal? When I mean our goal, the goal of the large mass of human beings. That's where we have to get clear. Because when we go down these rabbit holes, what is that doing for the vast majority of people? And look at this situation. The average American today is lucky if they have $400 in their bank account for a rainy day. Mm -hmm. And they're writing out a check for 100 bucks to Donald Trump. Now think about how fucking stupid this is. In Massachusetts, right in Boston, where you have all the liberal elites who claim they're for black people and poor people, no joke here. Listen very carefully. The average net worth of a black person is $8. What the? Yes. Just, you can go to Google, type it in right now. Put Boston average net worth of a black person. Okay? That's racist. It's a fact. That's what it is. The net worth of a black person, the assets they have is $8, which means all their assets minus liabilities. Okay? That's by the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston. So, and white people's wages are coming down. So what, what's happening is we have a two-tier system in this country. So think about what I'm saying. The general American public, think about this, man, 600 billionaires, 600 billionaires increase their wealth by $2.3 trillion during COVID. How many young businesses went out of business? You got to understand, man, what the fuck yeah. is really going on. These people are basically doing theater on us. It's all theater. It's all theater. It's a mind game. The You got to just step back and say, how is it 10,000 people are controlling 8 billion people? It is because they understand the knowledge of system science. And that is why I decided we must build a movement. Now, how do you build a movement? Okay, let me ask a simple question. How do you build this iPhone? Did this iPhone just happen to come? No, this iPhone has so much technologies in there. It's got ceramic technology. It's got Maxwell's equations are in here. It's a shitload of fucking technology in here. This took mm. massive amount of engineering, dedication, understanding the physics to make this thing. If we want to intelligent build a, design. Yes. If we want to build a revolution, if we want to fundamentally cause change, there must be a physics to that. And that is what my life's work has been, Sneeko. I have figured out those nine principles on how to create change at a very fundamental level. And I can teach it to anyone within three hours. But that's not enough. One is the knowledge. One is a clear vision, truth, freedom, health. The other is you got to get people on the ground. I mean, I go out in the cold, man, I'll distribute these flyers because I love talking to people, okay? It's neighbor to neighbor. It's creating that molecular reaction, you say? We get people to put one of these bumper stickers on their back rear windshield of our car. Why? Because it's a big bay to say, fuck you. But more importantly, an individual works all day hard. They don't have time to go hand out flyers, maybe. But they put this, 100,000 people see these bumper stickers. Right. Quick plug. Who did 9-11? 
I think Mossad did. Israel. No. Yeah. There's enough data. Why would they do that? Why do you think? I haven't publicly talked about this too much because I don't want to get in trouble, but. Well, let's look at it this way, okay? Let's not, let's look at it this way, okay? Follow the money. The goal is the, the, the elites. Okay, let me just put it to you this way, okay? Let's go back to a systems. Let me, if, if I, too bad we can't draw some diagrams here, but look at it, look at it this way, okay? Um, the United States gets to print money, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why does the United States get to print money and other countries can't print money? Federal Reserve? Yes, but why does the Federal Reserve get to print money? Because... Because of the Rothschilds? Yeah, let's keep it even more simple. This is the bottom line. The United States is called a reserve currency, okay? So every other country on the planet, if they want to buy oil, if they want to do big trading, they got to do it in dollars, okay? And the dollar is like the currency of trading, international trading. Now, it's starting to fail in certain areas, but by and large, it's still the currency. So the United States can print money at will. Why? Because there's not oil backing that money. There's not gold backing that money. You know what's backing the U.S. dollar? A fucking F-15 fighter and, 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 um, and you know, uh, those aircraft carriers. Because the United States can print money at will because we have the military might. Okay. And we can tell countries, you will fucking use a reserve currency. Or we will fuck you up. Okay. And in order to fuck people up, the United States must have its military imperial power. Now, one of the important places of that is why do they call it the Middle East? It's between East and West, Middle East. Okay. And Palestine, that piece of land is strategic for British and U.S. imperial interests because it controls the flow of oil, right? Suez Canal, it's strategic. It's, you know, north as you have Russia. Think about what I'm talking about. It is like Palestine was a necessary piece of geography the imperialists need to own. That's why they created the ruckus there by moving these Zionists over there and fucking the people who are living there because that's how they divided and ruled them. Remember, Britain divides and rules and they own areas, strategic areas. So this was central to British and U.S. imperialism. They need to always divide and rule people, create enough ruckuses so then they can steal people's oil, steal their gold, steal their natural resources. And behind yeah, time and time again. Yes. And so but the U.S. currency is valuable because behind the currency is not gold, not petroleum, but fucking a bunch of weaponry. All right. That's what once you understand the depth of what I'm saying, it becomes very, very real to understand that whenever U.S. imperialism is going down, we must create another war. OK, mm. now what the fuck was Saddam Hussein doing? Let me tell you what was really going on in Iraq. It wasn't. Tell me. This was really going on. You see, in Iraq, if you go actually look at the Iraq war, is that the United States imperialists, not the, I, I'm not going to say United States, we have to be very clear, the United States people and U.S. imperialism. When I talk about the imperialists, I'm talking about the swarm. The U.S. swarm always loves dictators. Have you noticed that? They always love they dictators. That we, they talk about freedom and wave the flag and shit, but we always install dictators everywhere. Okay. Because so in Chile, the United States 
um, copper companies wanted to mine the shit out of the copper there. The people of Chile were rising up. And then we installed a guy called General Pinochet, one of the biggest butchers of the world, a fascist general. And he literally not only shot students, but buried them in a stadium. And the United States supported this guy. Taliban. It's not we just left the weapons there, man. We want the Taliban there. Do you know women were fighting? In, do you know women had the right to vote in Afghanistan before American women? What? Yeah. What about driving? Yeah, they did everything. Go look at pictures. So the United States knew and the Western powers knew there was lots and lots of rare earth metals in Afghanistan. We're the ones who supported the Mujahideen. We're the ones who have the Taliban. Women fighters with RPGs were crying to the U.S., Trump and Biden, please help us. We fuck them, man, because we want the Taliban there. We need dictators because when you have a dictator, you can control the region. Okay? We're the ones who installed Saddam Hussein in Iraq. Now, what was going on in Iraq that you will never see reported in the press was all over Iraq, and the Iraqi people are very, very refined people, very sophisticated people, very smart people, okay? All over Iraq, you know, when Bush, main Bush was in there, there were revolutions starting. People in Iraq, Sneeko, wanted to overthrow Saddam Hussein. And that was not going to be good for U.S. imperialism. So we went in there saying, oh, we're fighting Saddam, the dictator. We actually went in there and crushed those movements and put Saddam back in power. That's what actually happened. Okay? So when, and, and so we needed to justify that. All right? So you do 9-11. So whenever people in the Middle East start rising up, we go create some scenario to, to go crush those people. Right. That's what this is about. All right. Mm. And now go look at Palestine. 200 cubic, 200 trillion cubic feet of natural gas, millions of barrels of oil. Okay. And Israel wants to build a railroad from the tip of the Red Sea up through Haifa, connecting up to the Mediterranean. They want to compete with the Suez Canal from Egypt. Well, there's a lot of Gaza and all the shit in the way. They need to get rid of that. On top of that, Netanyahu, there was protests of a half a million people two weeks before October 7th against Netanyahu. They wanted him out, Israelis mm -hmm. and Palestinians. So boom, he creates Hamas. Hamas was funded by Israel. Okay. What? It's well documented. Since 1980, Israel funded Hamas. You see... This is what they do, man. The Palestinians were rising up on their own through actual revolutionaries, secular people, not religious fanatics, just everyday people who wanted to overthrow Israeli occupation. So what Israel did was they created a radical fundamentalist group and they funded them called Hamas. Because if you're a dumb fuck American sitting over here who loves Zionism, you're gonna say, oh my God, look at those Muslim fanatics are killing the Jews. But there were actually freedom fighters. So they created Hamas, funded them. You can type in Yossi Cohen, Y-O-S-S-I. Type it in right now, Cohen, Hamas, Qatar. Yeah. Yossi Cohen it was the head of Mossad. You know Mossad, right? The Intelligence Network of Israel. The CIA of Israel. Yes. And he went to Qatar three years ago and he said, please keep funding Hamas. Mm -hmm. When you see Hamas, replace it with Israel.
Okay? So it's controlled opposition. So we got to understand something very, very clear. Since the 1950s, Nico, the establishment knows that they cannot just go crushing people because they create martyrs. Okay? So they create fake heroes. They create their own oppositions. Right. That's what's going on. And when we figured this out, and the only way you know is real is, so look, if, if Hamas was truly fighting for the Palestinian people, what do real popular revolutionaries do? You would have armed everyone. You would arm your masses. You would train them. They didn't do that. It's a standing army. Right? So that's what we need to get educated on, man. We need to have wisdom. We live in an age of such dual levels of deception. The future, our destiny is going to come from people having wisdom. The good news is we don't need to get everyone getting it. We just need enough. You need 20%. Yeah, you, you need 20% of the 20% and you're done because you'll pull the all the- That's it? Yeah, you need about 4%. Yeah, yeah our, our attention spans are really bad now. We can't really, it's hard to- That's why we had to make this one flyer, man. Look at the- Even that, I'm going to be honest with you, for my generation, that's way too much on one piece of paper. Like, yeah, it, it's hard okay. to- Why don't you redesign it? Send it back. I'll redesign it. I'm going to put like GTA gameplay on the background and at the top, we'll just have to put flashing images of what you're talking about. Let's do that, man. Seriously. Okay. Because I like everything- yeah, I'm actually really surprising me with what you're saying. Yeah, look, your generation has a huge opportunity because you guys naturally are getting the rebelliousness. So they have data on your generation, man. So that's what they're gathering with social media. They're gathering, all your followers are gathering how you're thinking, and they know, fuck, this guy Sneeko's getting it. So we're going to create a Rogan for him. We're going to create a fucker Carlson. We're going to create a Trump. So he thinks he's cool, Okay. So you don't ever figure this shit out on your own. And you say, we need to build a bottoms up movement. Malcolm X figured this out, right? You know, he gave a very famous speech. He said, I believe there will ultimately be a clash between the oppressed and those who do the oppressing, but it will not be based on the color of the skin. Two weeks later, he was executed. Okay. Because Malcolm really got it. He thought it was about racism for most of his career. And then he started to understand later on in class. life. It was class war, right? And so they don't want people to get that. And they don't want one of us, people from below, being our heroes. We will have heroes, but they want our heroes to be a fucking Kennedy. Come on, man. Fuck that. Mm. Trump. Come on. Why? What do you think about Kanye? Kanye called me a couple of months ago. It was interesting. Um, what do you Kanye, say? Well, he, uh, Kanye uh, called me and he goes... Uh, you know, Kanye was heading in the right direction. But here's the thing. I said, Kanye, you got to get educated, man. I said, come on down. We'll educate you, you know, because you see, the problem is there are people of gut instincts. It's like he's one of them. He he, he gets it instinctually. Yeah, but he needs to get educated. OK. And, and so here's the deal. It's like I know a lot of friends of mine who are great. They just really yeah, pick up the guitar and start playing. OK. And they may do one hit song, but because they didn't get the training. They do one hit song and they're forgotten. But you need to have training mm. and talent, right? Yeah, you, you can't just, you have to do both. And a lot of people are lazy. They have the ego gets in the way. So they don't put in the chops, man. You look at the great artists like yeah. Michelangelo, the guy did painting after painting after painting. He was a technical and he had talent. So you need right. to have both. So if we're going to change the world, you know, there's three ways people can change the world. Number one, people should go support our campaign. Get a bumper sticker. If you want... Go download this flyer, Chief of Her President. But if you really want to get trained, go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Become a warrior scholar. Every Thursdays, and you should come 
Sneeko, guys like you, man, you get educated, you'll become a force to be reckoned with. How do we become educated in this internet age? I, I don't even think you understand how bad our attention spans are. Like we can't, it's hard to lock in on something for, we, we have seven second attention spans. How do we get educated? Because I, I like what you're saying and I want to learn more. Someone like you, you, you know, you invest well, email. Like, oh, I, you, you, you got the, the publish, like, what do we, besides your website, like how do you think somebody here, can get the training? Here, like for example, step one, yeah, go ahead. people can go look at the short videos, right? Step one, go watch the swarm video, okay? It, um, if, if you wanna get simplified, I think there's a video I did which went- Well, how do we get the training? Because that I think there's a oh. difference between training and education. Education is just information. No, right? you, gotta but when a train. you gotta, you know, we have to have, you gotta go to the master and you gotta get trained, okay? You gotta get trained in system science, right? Like you would go get trained in karate, right? You, 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 this is not for everyone, as people say, wow, I really wanna figure this shit out. If you do, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and at 8 p.m. Man, this is like full time for me now. I have to do this and my job. No one pays me for this, okay? What books do you recommend that we read? System and Revolution, okay? But even before you do that, if you're not ready to read, come on Tuesday at 11 a.m. Thursday, I'm sorry, Thursday at 11 a.m. and Thursday at 8 p.m. We do an open house, okay? And those are valuable because you see people from all over the world. You see surgeons, you see plumbers, you see hairdressers. You see people from Africa. You people see from Boston, New Jersey. I mean, it's pretty cool, man. Housewives. Everyone shows up. And what's common about all those people, Sneeko, they said, fuck, Dr. Shiva. I was pissed off when you exposed Kennedy, but I agree with you. I didn't like when you attacked, but I get it. And I really right. want to figure this shit out. So they come, and then we've put a program together so they don't have to go to MIT in 30, 30 years. In three hours, they can understand this. And then we get people on the ground, man. We got it. We get people to talk to other people. All right. Mm -hmm. So we have we've literally created like a community, a university, a program, technology, all of it. You know, I have mm -hmm. our own data center here. Um, so we've I've really donated that to this cause. So, so literally, we've created revolution engineering, like civil engineering, mechanical engineering, right? Systems engineering. And so out of that, some people just come and they say, well, this is pretty cool. And they watch the videos. Other people say, I want to learn this. And other people are going through leadership training. And this is just happening on its own, man, bottoms up. It's not top down. And as people come, we give them abilities to grow. But a movement is not going to happen overnight, Sneeko. This is what our parents should have done 50 years ago. So now we have to methodically build this like someone. Why did our parents not do this 50 years ago? Because they got bamboozled by the not so obvious establishment in the 60s, 50s. And well, 50s. What was their number one distraction? The distraction was the not so obvious establishment, like the Kennedys, like the Bernie Sanders, like the all these quote unquote bogus civil rights leaders. OK, they literally created a whole swarm of not so obvious establishment. That's what they did after the 60s. Right. And they had what are we what are we distracted by most? What, what is my generation most distracted by? Entertainment, entertainers, right? Entertainers. Guys like me? No, I'm talking about what? Well, I, I don't consider you an entertainer. So he means like ce celebrity worship? Yeah, celebrity worship, the Joe Rogans, right? Um, so okay. that's what I'm talking about. Hollywood, right? Um, looking yeah. above, right? Like Kanye, man, he, he should get some training. But he yeah. won't because he doesn't have the discipline, you see? Wait, my chat is saying that like Ye is the most influential artist of all time. How are you like disrespecting him? You're not disrespecting him. You're saying that he just, when it comes to 
who controls when the I, world. When I spoke, he doesn't. He doesn't do enough research. You're saying. Well, no. When I, you spoke to him, what was your into? What, what did you get no, when you spoke I think to him? He was sincere. Like it's interesting because he said, "Yeah, Dr. Shiva, I want to learn everything from you." That he goes, "When I first learned to rap, I, I learned from Jay Z, you know, or something like that." And I said, "Yeah, come on by." And then you know he didn't show up. But the point is, we have to. There is a set of training. Okay, uh, Fuentes needs to learn. Okay. Um, what happens is people have some gut instinct, but they don't look the knowledge I'm talking about did not exist about 50 years ago. And this is why if you look at the history of people trying to change the world, Sneeko, um, there was a guy called John Locke, liberalism, right? Yep. And people try to build anarcho-syndicalism models, libertarian models. All of these models were based on philo philosophical ideas. They weren't grounded in engineering science. You see, what's great about engineering is you can't fucking bullshit. If I build something, an airplane, and it falls out of the sky, I can't talk my way out of it. It's like you go to the, you go to work out. What I love about working out is you can't talk shit. Can you bench 225 or you can't? Shut the fuck up. Either you can't or you can. And that's what's great about engineering. If you keep it that simple, right? So you can talk all the shit, but is your shit actually going to work to build a movement? No, it can't because you're just talking a bunch of shit, Right. So if you think about Fuentes, he would attack Jews. Uh-uh, it's Zionism. Very different. I agree. I agree completely. It's a very big difference. Zionism, because now you're falling into their trap. Okay? Yep. But when you say Zionism, so I was very, very particular on this. Zionists actually butchered Jews. Zionists work with Nazis. You see? This is very important to understand. Zionists work with Nazis to butcher Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto. Now you're creating the truthful reality because now you can bring jews over there are many jews who are anti-zionists all right yeah. they, they don't ever get covered in the news right but i'm saying without the right political scientific training people will be off here okay they'll say some good things out of passion but they'll be off and we can't be off right. it's like if you want to build an airplane man the wings have got to be just right you're gonna fucking right. crash if we're gonna build a movement you better have the right engineering dynamics otherwise you're just talking shit and you may have viewers, you may say all this shit, and you may get people riled up, but you're not serious. Right. You're a dilettante. Right. Okay. Right. And that's where I put Kanye. Okay. And a lot of these yeah. influencers. But yeah. I have created the program for those people who are self reflective and want to let go of their egos and want to build a movement. But if they want to jack off all day and just talk about shit and get people angry, they're basically quote unquote entertainers, you know? And yeah. what I like about you is from the little I saw of you and what I, Heard you seem to be much more introspective. You know, you seem to want to really like find out what the fuck is going on, you know? And that's what we need. We live in that point where we really need to rip away all the layers and find what the reality is. Can I ask you about God? Because I think that's where a lot of people are, where they're going to, because of there's like a spiritual revolution happening. People are understanding that there's something, there's a control mechanism that hasn't been talked about before, that what's being promoted is is evil. And I think people are naturally gravitating towards something spiritual. Uh, what's your opinion on God? Yeah, so here's the thing. What's happening is that we have to be very careful with this. There's always been this dialectic being created between science and religion, right? Like science is over here and religion's here. And they both can't connect. My view is system science brings it together. Let me explain what I mean by this, okay? So let me repeat what, again, for the seven-second piece here. The science and religion have always been kept apart. So whenever science came, people thought science was in opposition to religion. And whenever religion came, 
the scientists said they have to be atheists, right? And this has been the dialectic right. for over the last 400 years. But system science actually solves this dialectic. There is no contradiction. You see, when Isaac Newton, go back 400 years ago, right, 16, when he discovered the laws of motion, what did he actually discover? He figured out a bunch of equations I could draw up on a whiteboard or, or a blackboard, and he could predict the motion of the planets, right? He could predict exactly where the sun will be tomorrow, where the earth will be tomorrow, et cetera, right? Mathematically, still today. And he could also tell you where the sun was 2,000 years ago or the earth was. Now, this when, this, when Isaac Newton's scientific equations came out, what happened? The religious people actually got more religious. Why? Because they, they said, holy shit, what Newton is saying is the world is predestined because I can predict the motion of all these objects. If that's true, that means we can predict the motion of me, you, everything. Like the world is a mechanistic universe. Okay. So right when Newton discovered this, everyone thought the world was like a clock, right? You could predict everything. You could predict what Sneeko would do tomorrow, what Dr. Shiva will do tomorrow, right? Everything must be predestined. Now that goes against religion because religion says there's a God, right? We believe in God. We believe in miracles, right? All that kind of stuff. So the day Isaac Newton figured out the laws of motion, religion came up against him, okay? Because they- It's like a, a balance. Yes. But the cool thing is when this, the discoveries in system science took place, in the 1900s by the 1950s what was actually discovered this is quite i wish we had more time but what was discovered was that the universe is actually in a wildly beautiful way completely undeterministic which is what the religious people like to know right like it's you know miracles can happen now under certain conditions we create universes where we can predict perfect motions. So what Newton discovered is not the general case. It's only under certain conditions. So that means order comes out of chaos. Now, let me explain what that means. This is where you blend religion and science. That means you raising your consciousness, your spiritual consciousness, Nico, you could change the world. That's what that means, mechanistically. So system science converges science and religion. There is no contradiction. Because what is fundamentally religion saying? It's talking about, in my view, the divinity of all life, right? That every essence of human existence is connected to the divine. And when you connect with that, you become a co-creator with God. That's what it means, right? To me, that's, you know, all the great religions talked about connecting with God, right? That's what it was. And every religion had some process you went through to connect with God, right? So in the Christian religion, you go through type, some type of baptism. In the Hindu religion, you go through a different process, right? But ultimately... I don't know what y'all do. Huh? Are, are you Hindu? Well, Hinduism is a very disorganized religion, okay? Right. Like they have cows and I've seen some weird things. Yeah, I'm not really yeah, sure well, what, what's well, going on. Hinduism but. fundamentally believes that God exists in every aspect of nature, in a rock, a stone, a cow, everything, Okay. And it ultimately believes, in many ways, ancient Hinduism and ancient Christianity and ancient Islam all come together, okay? Because yep. the concept is, so in Hinduism, we believe Christ is a avatar of God. We believe Muhammad is an avatar of God, okay? Um, so Hinduism actually believes that during different times in the world, when there's 
awful shit, God sends one of his messengers, okay, at different points. And that's prophets. Prophets. So in my grandmother's house, when I grew up in the village, you had pictures of Christ, Muhammad, everyone, okay? Hindu, core Hinduism reveres all these great people. In fact, core Hinduism says, follow any religion. They all lead you back to God, okay? But that's sort of uh, in that sense. But anyway, but what I'm saying is my experiences, having meditated, prayed, have made, I have had, I've had my own spiritual experiences. I know that this physical world is not it, okay? That there's something beyond the material world. And you can experience that, I believe, in this life, okay? But I'm not going to try to impose my experience on anyone else. It's a very deeply personal journey. It's a personal, yeah, I agree. It's very personal. It's one-on-one, -on -one, right? So, I, so, but anyway, but that journey reveals to me that one individual raising their consciousness can change the world. And what do I mean right. by raising their conscience? Understanding the principles of God, nature, whatever you want to call it. And to me, those principles of truth, freedom, health, movement, right? These processes. Um, now, the ancient Indians called it Vatha Pitta Kapha. You can talk, think about it as a holy trinity. These principles show up everywhere, but they're not separate from science. That is what I uncovered, Sneeko. I have literally have found the bridge between East and West science and tradition, ancient and modern. And once people understand that we don't have to have these contradictions, but people are given a grounding on, I mean, you can use these principles to understand your body as a system, everything around you as a system, and it's very powerful. So it should be the, you know, I've taught this to doctors, all different religious people, everyone. It's a foundational knowledge that transcends religion. It transcends space and time. So once people understand that, they can use it in many ways, but you raise people's consciousness. I think the pursuit of God is ultimately raising consciousness to connect with that that has always been. It was very important. Yeah, very, very important. That's crucial. Yeah. Can I ask you, you haven't really spoken much, but you, you talk about um, the swarms and you think that, I'm not sure, you, you seem like you're getting tired. I don't know if, you, if no, I'm no, no, using no. up a lot of your time. Using no, up a lot of time. I, no. I, I, I would like to do a follow-up interview. I, was, I didn't know uh, what to get into, but there's, I, I want to keep talking. Anyway, I see you talk about swarms and you said that it's not specific to any religion. But what's your, what happened on Epstein's Island? What are the rituals? How does Satanism control the world? What's going on with the blood sacrifices, celebrity worship, the yeah, Freemason? So what Alex Jones are covered? What I, is that? Look, I do think there's, the opposite of truth, freedom, health is power, profit, control. If you want to think about that as Satan, okay? So one force is power, profit, control, Okay. Power, profit, control, maximizing power, maximizing subjugation of other people, right? Maximizing control. To me, you can think about that as evil, okay? How much can you control large masses of people? Don't give them freedom. How can you make sure there's not enough truth? How can you make sure as many other people are unhealthy, okay? To me, those are the forces of, if you want to call Satan, evil, whatever you want to call it, okay? Um, and I know... You know, I did a video on adrenochrome, a, a biology video. Okay, you can you can find. So, do you eat halal? Do you eat halal beef? You know, I actually so in ancient systems of meat eating, right? That's the way. You're, there's a particular way to kill an animal. You know, and I actually support that. You know, I think that's the right way to kill an animal because you make sure the halal. Yeah, I think I think I think I think many of the ancient traditions had figured that out because you eliminate the fear in that animal, okay? What people need to understand is that 
um, I did a video on adrenochrome really explaining, I, I was theorizing how could this occur? So when you, if you ever see a, um, a cat play with a mouse, right? The mouse is under infinite amount of stress and it does, and it's anxious. It's two things are taking place, two inputs, because it doesn't know if it's going to be killed, right? Um, and it doesn't know what's going to happen. Under those conditions, I sort of gave a chemical equation on how adrenochrome could be created, okay? So it's possible that could occur under those conditions, right? When something's massively stressed out and it's, you know, it doesn't know what's going to happen to it. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to research this, Nico, but I do know that those who seek maximizing power, profit, and control, they're fucking evil, man. They're not humans. They're something else because they're not motivated by truth, freedom, health. They're motivated by maximizing power, profit, control. That's why they lie. That's why they cheat. I mean, think about this guy, Vivek the Snake. Who the fuck would do that? Raise money, go get a drug that's useless, have your mama write it up and take it public. I mean, just think about that. You have to be a yeah. fucking evil fucking individual. Who do you serve? Me? Yeah. Well, when I was 12 years old, okay, when I, you know, I'd been, I came to the United States in 1970. When I was 12, I had the chance to go back to my village, okay? My grandparents are, they're poor village farmers. There's no, there's dirt roads. My grandparents work their butt off, right? They have nothing. And when I was leaving the train station, Sneeko, and I've shared the story, you know, it was the old caboose trains. And my grandmother and grandfather came to see me off. Remember, these people have nothing. My aunt lived in a little hut, right? And I saw these people with amazing love for me and what they would do for me. And I knew within 24 hours, I'd be in the United States and I'd have access to this incredible amount of stuff that no one else would have access to. And I decided as a 12 year old kid that I should serve life. And all these people had nothing. These people were exploited. These people who worked their butts off, who were truly the children of God. And that's who I serve, man, working people. And I know they are probably more connected to God than any of these other people. So that's who I serve, man. And I made a decision that if I did not you go back, when I went back to the United States, that if I, if I did not use my skills to help those people, I'd be a parasite. It was a very clear decision. I remember feeling this chill go down from my through my spine, you say, when I made that decision. It was something that came from somewhere else. And that's what's guided me. And that was, Jesus, that was, it's interesting, man. December 5th is 53 years to the day that I came from India. I left on my, you know, I just turned 60 on December 2nd. I had the best birthday a couple of days ago. Happy but, birthday, man. Yeah, thank you. I left. You're looking good for 60. You're like, I'm not trying to glaze, but you, you, I thought you were 45. Yeah. So I left India when I was 60. I'm sorry, when I was seven on December 2nd, and I landed here on December 5th. You say? It's a very interesting transition. But that's what moved me, man that I saw these hardworking people who had little, who would give anything. To me, these people are just pure love. And that love is what motivated me, man, that I better do something, you know, to serve those people who had very little and how much they did. So that's why I can never sell out, man. I've had so many opportunities. So many, so many opportunities. What did they, they offer you? I mean, personally, I had uh, offers for uh, large gambling deals, stuff like that. I don't know if you would consider that selling out, but I said no. Yeah, I guess that is. Yeah. What, what did they offer you that you refused? Well, I'll, I'll give you an example, right? My trajectory was when I came to MIT, I had enough courses to graduate MIT in two years. So my trajectory was to become a professor at MIT. 
I couldn't do that because I saw the level of academic corruption, right? Then when I was in Hollywood, man, I could have stuck out there. I'll give you another example. I went to India, okay? In 2007, after I finished my PhD, and I went there to do research. When I was coming back, the prime minister of India appointed me to run the largest innovation center there. Gave me, you know, made an additional secretary in the Indian government. I was given everything you can imagine, huge bungalows, cars, everything. And I was a guy who found all the corruption in the Indian government, wrote a report on it, and, and then under death threats, I had to leave India. And I had to leave on a third class train up to the border of Nepal out. And then I wrote an article called Why India Will Never Innovate and America Does Because of This Level of Corruption. All right? right. And so I'm saying that I've had so many opportunities to just follow, you know, with all the credentials I have, right? But I never could do that, man, because this part of me felt that all of those systems would ultimately lead you to serve them. I would not have a chance to serve the broad mass of people. So it's a much less road, less traveled. You have to build your own independent movement. You see what I'm saying? You have to do everything bottoms up. But the quality of people that you meet, the quality of people that you get to engage with is a whole different order of people. It's people who truly love each other, man. And that's the camaraderie I feel. So I've been very fortunate because I never forgot where I came from. I never forgot those poor working people in New Jersey who taught me how to landscape, how to throw a baseball, right? My grandparents, I never forgot these people. And I never can, they're deep, deep, deep within my heart. And that's why I hate these fuckers because they don't give a fuck you, people. Are you afraid that, are you afraid of the Mossad or are you afraid of CIA coming to kill you? You know, John, I don't know if you have that video. There's a video that I did. Some guy asked me this and I said, what is there to fear? You say, the real thing is, now, if you are truly someone who truly believes in God and experienced God at a very fundamental level, what are you afraid of? What are you fundamentally afraid of? You may live to 50 years, maybe you live to 100 years, maybe you live to 200 years, maybe you live to 10 years, right? But what is the purpose of life, Sneeko? You have to really ask yourself, what is the purpose of life? And what is life? And once you have had, if you've actually connected, you will realize that this world is nothing, ultimately, meaning the material world. It doesn't mean it's nothing, but the material world, world is not it. The you sound like a Muslim. I think I may be a Muslim, I may be a Hindu, I may be a Christian. You know, I think all these great religions, all the great prophets spoke the same words. The problem is when the prophets died, the stupid people around them made them into religions and they forgot what the words said and they forgot their deeds. I'm sure if you look at the works of Muhammad or Christ or, or Sankaracharya or, or, you know, the great works of all these great leaders, they all said the same thing because they walked the walk, man. They didn't just talk the talk. But my personal experience is that this world is not it. And the purpose of life is to fight evil. There's one purpose of life to fight evil. And I think when Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. I take a very different view of this. I think he said the pussies can have this earth and the great warriors will be put into heaven. Okay. That's what I think he really meant. Okay. So that's what I believe, you know? So, and if you look at the life of Christ, all the Christians don't want to talk about when he took that whip and he beat the shit out of the people in the temples, right? You notice no Christian wants to talk about that. 
Oh, that was when this Christ got upset a little bit. Wait, Jesus was whipping people? Yeah. <laughs> of course, because he saw these people, you know, doing all this. They started using the temple as a business exchange. And so Christ went and whipped the shit out of people there. So most Christians don't want to talk about that. He And in fact, his biggest enemies were the Sadducees and the Pharisees, who were the Zionists of the time. Okay? They were the so-called learned Jewish scholars who were all completely manipulating the word of God. So Jesus, so, you know, they all try to buy him out. But his, you know, seven days before he was crucified is when he had done, he'd gone into the temple and beat the shit out of this guy's multiple times. So people need to understand that ultimately these great spiritual leaders didn't just talk shit. They actually walked the walk, man. So mm -hmm. we have to understand that of the 8 billion people on this planet, a small set of people think they're so fucking clever that they're going to manipulate all these people like this dude, Vivek the Snake. By the way, all these people think they're actually fucking clever. Ooh, I made a lot of money. I'm so fucking smart. I fucking bamboozle people. Ooh, Sneeko and Dr. Shiva, they're dumb. You know, they should do what I did. Do you know that's what they actually think, Sneeko? They actually think they're clever, that their cleverness makes them better than us. And this is what people need to understand. They, at a fundamental level, the devil in them believes they're so bright because they know how to manipulate money. They don't have any fundamental ethics. They don't love the broad mass of human people. It's all about them. And they think this world is it. They have no idea of the larger aspects of life. And to, you, to your earlier question, yeah, these people are fucking devils. They're pure devils. They don't deserve. And the thing is, you see, I believe God watches us. I don't think anything is destined. I think God says it's up to you. You want to be a great human being? You want to rise up? I'll support you. But you want to be a fucking slave to these people? That's your choice. So I think it's up to us. I don't think destiny is written in stone. I think it's what we want to make of things. If we want to create uh, heaven on earth, we can. If we want to create hell and support them and be slaves to them, then that's what we'll get. So, you know, I see that I was very, very fortunate to have gone through the experience. And I feel my mission is to be a catalyst to educate as many people as possible. So my running for president gives people a motherfucking chance, man, a real choice like they've never had before. One of us. Not one of these motherfuckers who does not give a fuck about you. And I do that in the spirit of Malcolm X, you know, in the spirit of all yes. the great heroes that came. Malcolm yes, got it right, man. Yeah, it's funny that they, what do you think about Martin Luther King? Sell out. He was promoted by the Kennedys. He was created by the Kennedys. You know, they had so much shit on him. They didn't have any shit on Malcolm X. The fucking Kennedys <clears throat> are the ones who created Martin Luther King. That whole March on Washington as Malcolm said, was a circus. You see, they create their heroes. I have a dream. Ah, nice speech. Black people are in the audience. <laughs> Fuck, dream? I don't want to fucking dream. <laughs> no. You know, it's funny too. The FBI was, they were spying on the uh, MLK and Malcolm X for pretty much their entire right. adult lives. And when you look at the, the wiretaps, you can see that Malcolm X, Muslim, he had a clean record. As soon as he would leave his speeches and his work, he was just talking to his wife and he was reading his books. Right. That's it. He never cheated. Yeah. And then Christian, uh, Martin Luther King, 
They, well, I mean, you're saying that he was uh, well, a puppet. Well, they had shit on him. He was in orgies. He's banging everyone. Hey, this dude drunk. was fucking bitches, man. This dude was getting at it. He was getting his dick sucked. He was cheating on his yeah. wife. He was getting yeah. freaky. He was getting deaky, freaky, deaky. Right. But they had to, that's why he was compromised. You see? So they made a martyr out of him. So, you know, the reality is, you know, my work in many ways leaves off where Malcolm X left. You know, it gives teeth. Mashallah. Yeah. Definitely. Wait, continue, continue. Why? What's your? How are you picking up where Malcolm X left off? Well, Malcolm X had made the observations, but he didn't. You know, if you look at Malcolm, was he came from bottoms up? Um, he initially was a black nationalist, right? And he was yeah. manipulated initially by Elijah Muhammad, right? Who was and also prison, yeah. a grifter, a grifter. And then Malcolm, after he went to Mecca, realized, wait a minute, all yeah. these people of all different races come. And then he started yeah. connecting the dots, right? Yeah. Um, I have recognized that Malcolm made these observations, but he didn't have the time to create a movement, you see, with all the yeah. physics and the knowledge. And that's what I've done. And they killed him too soon after he had that revelation in Mecca. Yeah. That's why he was too soon. You know, actually, I just came back from Mecca two weeks ago. Uh-huh. And I had a sort of, I completely understand what Malcolm was talking about and why he had a shift in perspective because yeah. you have like literally almost millions of people coming into the same place to pray. And there's not that many security guards. There's no police officers. You have all these people and they're pretty much standing shoulder to shoulder, people stepping in their feet, wheelchairs rolling over your toes and nobody's upset. No one's angry. Nobody's giving you any mean bug eyes. Nobody's has any sort of ego. You're just there to go pray and then leave. It's the most peace that I've ever seen like with massive massive amounts of people yeah. it's like five coachellas happening it uh, every day but you could see the saudi arabian elite they're not following the teachings of muhammad you know they're zionist right i love saudi arabia no i'm saying you could love the place but i'm saying the elites of all these nations if they truly were following those teachings the palestinian people would not have any problems right now right <laughs> I don't agree or disagree. All right. My point is the following, right? That you don't have to be Jewish to be a Zionist. They're Muslim Zionists, Hindu Zionists, Christian Zionists, right? Zionism is a political ideology. And this is what the point is. It's a political ideology. Okay. So it is, that's what first thing we educate people. It's a political ideology. The guy who created Zionism was an atheist, Theodore Herzl. Okay. He didn't believe in any God. Right. It was a political ideology that was created. And now today you have 70 million, quote unquote, Christian Zionists. You had all these, quote unquote, idiot Hindus, quote unquote, Hindus in India supporting the butchering of the Palestinians. It's goofy. It's really goofy what, what you guys are doing over there in India. Man. Like I saw like a bunch of kids making like the Jewish star connecting their hands no, together. They're retards, man. <laughs> and most of them are Brahmin. They believe in the caste system. You see? If you look yeah. at Nazism, Brahminism, and Zionism, what is common among all these three is they take some religion and they put it into a political ideology. You see? Yeah. What's fascinating is Nazism uses the Indian swastika. And, yeah. and, and Judaism or Zionism uses the star, which comes also from Hinduism. So it's quite interesting, right? So mm -hmm. these people are very clever. They take some little piece of religion to get the emotional thing and they pack it into some political ideology. So that's what it is. It's a political ideology. 
So you do not have to be Jewish to be a Zionist. Yeah, they, when they talk about Judeo-Christian values, uh, that's pretty much turning every Christian into a Zionist. Exactly, it's bullshit. Unknowingly, I right. don't know what's happening. Yeah, it's nonsense, right? So basically, this is what's happened. The, the We must end the occupation, as I say, Sneeko. We must end the occupation of the United States first. Right, right. We are Israel's top colony. Yeah, it's totally occupied, okay? And there will be, so all these people said, you know, ceasefire now. Ceasefire now is such a bullshit fucking slogan. All that means is Israel gets to go two steps forward and one step back. And they've been doing this for, since 1948. The real slogan yep. should be end the occupation. You see, ceasefire now, back to fighting. And they keep doing this. So all the liberal Zionists yep. have hijacked all of the free Palestine protests and all these fucking grifters. Oh, yeah, ceasefire now, ceasefire now. You fucking morons. Wake the fuck <laughs> up. It's end the occupation. Ceasefire yeah. now, that slogan should be denounced. It's a deceptive slogan. If you support ceasefire now, all you're saying is ceasefire. Look at what the word says, cease. doesn't mean end. <laughs> Very fucking difference. You say? You see yeah. how clever these devils are? Yeah. And that's why all the liberal Zionists control the ceasefire. Like we had a protest here, defeat Zionism. And all the liberal Zionists made sure no one came to our protest. You see? So this is what happens in the movement. There's the obvious establishment, the fucking liberal wing, which creates the fake version of the movement, and then the real revolutionaries. You see? And we have to call out two people. We have a double task to call out the obvious, right? And to call out the MLKs and the Gandhis. You see? The Gandhis mm -hmm. and the MLKs are in some ways the real deceptive enemies of the people because people think, oh, Gandhi, Gandhi. Gandhi was a, I mean, he was a prick. He made sure Did that- Did sleep with 13-year-old girls and shit? That, but yeah, that. And he ensured that white men with crowns left India to be taken on with brown men with white hats. He did a transfer of power. You see what I'm saying? So the elites are very clever. They do not want a bottoms up movement. So they create their MLKs and their Gandhis. And now in the current election cycle, they have a whole bunch of them, a Baskin Robbins flavor of them. That's what they've done because they know our movement exists. They say, fuck this guy, Dr. Shiva is hitting all of us. So we have to fucking create all these fucking morons. We have to create enough distractions. So we're going to throw out Trump. We're going to throw out fucker Carlson. We're going to throw out all these fools. And they're, and they're going to speak as though they're against the establishment. Elon Musk is the biggest fucking doofus out of the whole thing. Okay. But he's, he brought us back on Twitter. We got to give him a little bit of props. He's done. He's done. He's taking some hits. He's taking some shots. He, he put, He's taking some shots for free speech. He put, he, he put the house, I'm not going to say it, the house slaves back, you know, what, can I say that? <laughs> no, just say it, just say it. No, you're running for president. He put the field niggas back on the plantation, right? Is that what you're saying? That's what he's doing. He comes from fucking apartheid South Africa, Sneeko. <laughs> Yo! I'm for you! I'm Dr. Shiva. What? Dr. Shiva, I'm voting for you. That's what he's doing. So why are you so excited? I'm voting for you. He needs us because he needs to watch. He needs to give the illusion that, oh, Dr. Shiva's back on. But he fucking puts me in a goddamn digital cage. Fuck him. He's a piece of shit, Elon Musk. He grew up in South African apartheid. He has not denounced Zionism. He went to fucking Palestine and sucked off Netanyahu. Fuck him. 
Don't fucking bow down to these people. Don't give them credit. This is where we got to break away, Sneeko. I like that he unbanned me from Twitter. I don't want to. He's, you know, he's got the cars and stuff, and he's. He he's put us back on. Talking about having kids. He, he us, says some good things. He says some good things. Yeah, that doesn't fucking matter. They all say some good. They have to say enough good things, Sneeko. That's what a house slave does. He's got to say enough good things. I don't want to put in politics because I want to keep my Twitter account. I know. You know what? Here's the bottom line. We have to do what's right. We can't give people the illusion, okay? We always have to tell the fucking truth. The truth is where Elon Musk begins and government ends, nobody knows. They're working in a much more sophisticated way because they need to keep the masses stuck to them. Elon Musk is not our fucking hero. He's a fake martyr. He's a fake hero. So they have a whole- I, I, never, said, I never said he was a hero, but he's done more than most CEOs. More than, well, let's talk about that now. Let's get into what you're just saying. He's done okay. what? He's done what? Now he has predictive data analytics on me. And I know people who never followed Kennedy. He diverts all my followers to them. Do you understand the level of censorship that's going on now? It's a whole different level, Sneeko. All of these social media companies, all the data is going to Palantir. They're building social media profiles on all of us. All right? especially people like you and I, because we're on the cutting edge of change. So they must figure out who we're about, who follows us, and they build profiles on that. So we're awesome. Okay, but Dr. Shiva, can you understand that I'm 25 and I still need to like make a couple multi-million dollars before, you know, like, so I can't, you're, honestly, you're more based than me. I've, I've heard it in this interview. I can't, I don't say a lot of stuff you're saying. I'm like, mm, and I'm on, I'm already banned off most platforms, but I'm trying to build it. So like maybe one of 40 or 50, then I could cook curry like you. I can't cook like this right now. I, I need to, I need to still build, you know, I, I'm still trying to build, you know, <laughs> you're funny, man. <laughs> Thanks. Well, thank you, you seem a very, very smart guy. I think you could learn a lot of things. You know, I, 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 I can't right now I'm cooking like microwavable pizza. You're cooking tiki masala. I need to, <laughs> I need some time. I'll teach you how to make some, uh, you know, all he needs is an Instapot. You can cook a lot of shit in there. See, you know how to cook. I don't even know how to use an Instapot. I don't even know what that is. Really? Get an Instapot. No. You get an Instapot, I'll show you how to make lamb curry. We'll make halal ram, lamb curry. How's that? You know, it's a sunnah. That's actually, if we keep the bone on it, that's what Muhammad, peace be upon him, he used yeah. to eat lamb quite a bit. Yeah, very good. Very healthy for you. But anyway, look. Dr. Shiva, yeah. you won my vote. I'm, like, I'm saying it. I'm I'm writing in yeah. Dr. Shiva 2024. Well, yeah, you won my vote. Now help us get on the ballot. We're going to be on the ballot in every state. Getting on the ballot. You see, you got to get on the ballot. You got to collect signatures. And so right now we're, we are mobilizing a, uh, a movement all over the country, man. So our Truth Freedom Health, first of all, Sneeko, go to Truth Freedom Health, become a warrior scholar. You're going to love this stuff, okay? you Guys like you must learn this. There's yeah. so many people I talk to, they interview me, but they don't learn the shit. But you got to learn this, okay? You got to study yeah. it. And it'll, it will expand yeah. your consciousness and you'll become a force to be reckoned with. What's that? I can't hear you. I'm telling... I'm just telling everybody to put the put it's truthfreedomhealth.com. Yeah, go to Truth Freedom Health, become and come spend like spend like yeah, everyone should come on Thursdays at eleven or eight PM. But I'm saying, look, do you know how close it's like a razor's edge to the world going like this or this? And that difference is consciousness. A guy like you understanding this, 
and about 10,000 other people doing this, it's over for them. I'm telling you, these people aren't that powerful. Their power comes from manipulating other people to think they have power. That's it. Right? That's, that's it, okay? Elon Musk, I've seen when I hit him, he suddenly pussifies, okay? They watch which way the wind blows. They have data right now, Sneeko, watching this conversation. They're, they're like a leaf in the wind. There you go. So, But they've gotten more sophisticated. So now they say, fuck, people are getting radical. They call up this dude, Vivek the Snake. Vivek, say this, say this, say this. Trump, say this. So they say enough radical shit, right? You saw Trump. When I get in, I'm going to attack the deep state. Motherfucker, you were in there. You fucking established the deep state. Why would you bring John Bolton in there? This guy fucking starts wars. He just wants to bomb everyone, but you bring him in. I mean, if you're Trump and you were truly a revolutionary, you go in and you're going in there to fucking eradicate all the bullshit, right? You're the fucking commander and fucking chief. He was a pussy. You know my friend Ryan Dawson? Yeah. Ryan Dawson? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he agrees about, I think he mentioned me to you, but it, um, I did. Yeah, I like Ryan. Ryan, Ryan gets a lot of shit, man. He gets it. He does. He sees through it. He gets it. Look, I we, want to ask him like CPO. Yeah, we we need enough people to learn the science though, because it gives them the anchor. You say it's like they're friends of mine who like can listen to music and they play really good shit. But if they had some musical theory, they could write hit after hit after hit. You say? Yeah. So, I mean, this was something that every MAGA person has to. You know, I I, I love Trump. I don't know about love. I've never. No, I I like Trump a lot. I like Trump a lot. You can you like can push him. the vaccine. No, he pushed the vaccine. Dude, you can like Trump. You can hang out with him, but he shouldn't be fucking leading. He's not qualified. Hang out with him, play golf with him, hug him, be friends with him. He's the lesser. He's the lesser of two evils. <laughs> what does that say? What the fuck does that say? Yeah, I know. I know. The lesser of two evils is killing your children. Yeah, right. I know. He did push the. He did push the. Yeah. If not now, when? Why is it, it, the issue is? If enough people say, wait a minute, this guy's got four degrees from MIT, he came from below, he works his butt off, he actually makes shit, he actually speaks sense, why isn't he our fucking president? What the fuck is, and then it comes back to what the fuck is wrong with me? Why do I want to suck off Trump? What the fuck does Trump have to offer? The guy brings in fucking morons. Look, I had a two-hour meeting with him. All right? He brought a really bad team on. Yeah, he, yeah, he actually he had, had a no terrible team. Friends. Trump is one of those people who wants to yeah. please everyone, okay? He's a yeah. fucking pussy. He, he had a, a terrible cabinet, and he, he did a bad pussy. job of He's selecting people. He's a pussy. People. He wants to be liked. He doesn't know what the fuck is going on. He's a pussy. Come on, man. That's Donnie T. He's a pussy. Talks a big game. He was in power. Look who he brought in. He brings a fucking pussy son-in-law in. Look at that guy. Just look at him. Yeah, I, I mean, his he could have been the greatest fucking president, but he wasn't because that's not in his fiber. That's why he was put in. He was put in there to do exactly yes. what he did. Operation Warp Speed, print $8.1 trillion, mm -hmm. fucking set up Jerusalem for the Israelis. Look what he did. Watch a man by his actions, not what the fuck he says. That's when yeah. you become a man. When you look a man by... How do you make... Wait, so are you rich from inventing email? Like Because the reason that you're... 
cooking more tiki masala than me is like i'm still trying to make no, money no you know no i still, I, got, I still got time the ladder no how did, how did you are you are you good financially yeah, Sneeko, here's the bottom line. You can take everything away from me and I know how to build it because I have skills. I know how to still write software and I know how to build shit. I have skills. Do you understand? Skills. I know how to make chicken tikka masala. I can go be a cook if I need to be. I can fucking do anything because I have skills. I can start a landscaping company. I can. Start, I have many, many skills, okay? I can write a court brief. I've been in litigation. I've known, I learn shit all day long. I love learning. You see, I'll teach you the secret of life. There's two okay. goddesses in Indian mythology, okay? One goddess yes. is called a goddess Saraswati. She's a goddess of knowledge. And another goddess is called Lakshmi, the goddess of wealth. So this is how it goes. If you want wealth, some people say, give me money, give me money. They go pray to Lakshmi. Give me money, give me money. They never get any fucking money. But if you go to the goddess of knowledge and you gain knowledge, you know what the secret is? The goddess Lakshmi is very jealous of the goddess of knowledge. So you gain knowledge, you will get wealth. So I learned how to program, man, when I was 12 years, 13 years old. Worked my butt off, okay? And when I came to MIT, I bought my house when I was in, I think, 22, because I didn't like to pay rent. But I was always going to school and always working. I had skills, okay? I learned skills are the key. Learn skills, mm -hmm. right? Don't be a fucking grifter. Go learn some skills. You're very smart. Don't be a grifter. Yeah. Don't be a leaf in the wind. Yeah. You got, you have a lot of intelligence. Go learn some skills because when you learn skills, you become powerful, right? Invaluable. Your, your yeah, existence is valuable. Yeah. I mean, what skills is, I mean, go learn skills. That's my point because then you can stand up on your own two feet. Okay. Even if it's a paint. Even if it's to fix a furnace, even if it's to do plumbing, electricity, do video production, learn skills because then you don't rely on anyone, right? Yep. Now, I yep. got fortunate because I always worked hard and I happened to start my own shit. You know, I started a company to automatically analyze email. I grew that now. I, I keep doing shit, man. I enjoy building shit. Money will always come. The universe, I think God, if you really, as you say, you're a Muslim and you believe in God. I think God will always support you if you're sincere and you work hard. I really believe this. I do too. Yeah. So you don't have nothing to worry about. You're a very smart guy. Well, I'm not worried. I'm just saying, I think to really talk is like, for example, I still want to go to Saudi Arabia. All right. I, I still want to go tra travel to these places and say I'm at an event and you know, Trump's there. I don't want to be like, oh, that's the, you know, like I still, I still want to play the game. I still want to play the game. You know, you, you don't care at all. You really want to, you're at the forefront, but this is why, um, this is why I think you make a good presidential candidate. Like, genuinely, you don't seem like you're compromised whatsoever. What do you think about Putin? Um, I actually like the guy. I think, I think he has, I think he may actually, I mean, he's part of that whole oligarch crowd, right? But I think he may have actually some principles. That's what my gut tells me, you know, that he actually may have some principles. Like, you know what? You know what Putin has, man? He actually understands history. The motherfucker has actually studied history. You know, I think he had both of his. I mean, I think his. I think the story goes that his mother was they thought she was dead in these bodies. Because remember, the Nazi, it was the Russian people who won World War Two. America thinks, oh my God, we landed on Normandy. No, it's a fucking Russian people who won World War II. 
20 million Russians died fighting the fucking Nazis. In one battle, in the Battle of Stalingrad, when the Nazis went in, people are out, out there with pots and pans. So if anyone we owe the fight against fascism, it's the Russian people. And they remember this shit, right? So whether they could, they can't forget, the average Russian cannot forget World War II and the history, you see? They actually, I mean, they, I mean, they were physically there and they experienced a lot of this. So Putin has a deep understanding of history. He has an understanding of imperialism, of colonial powers. You see what I'm saying? He understands this dynamic. And because whether he can't forget it, so he's sort of forced in certain ways to take the right side of history in certain areas, you say? So I actually like the guy. I mean, he's a guy it seems like you could have a deep conversation with, you know? And you like what he's, what about Xi Peng? You know, again, these guys understand history, but I think the problem with China is this, frankly, this issue with freedom, you say? I mean, I was in Hong Kong recently, right? It's a beautiful city, but you feel like you're under some control there. It's sort of dystopian a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think we have to recognize the immense power Americans have with the First and Second Amendment and why these forces want to destroy the First and Second Amendment. I don't think people really understand until you've been to these countries that the concept of the First Amendment that you could say shit against your government, man, that's like in the history of human existence, that right is just mind blowing. It's like splitting the atom. And that's why the day that was given, the British have been trying to get back in. That's why Congress is completely compromised. I, I'm in the middle of it, man, with my lawsuit. I saw it. Oh, they've created the backdoor portal into Twitter, you see? All these companies. How much money? How much money are they suing you for? I sued them. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not facing anything. Okay, okay. No, I sued them in federal court, and I won the first part of it. Nice. And you represented yourself? Yep. Again, <laughs> that's so badass, man. I'm trying to sue I, for over a year now. I've been trying to sue YouTube for taking my money when they banned me. They took all of our 150 thousand dollars me when I was banned. Yeah, and I'm still trying. The court. It's just been taking over a year. Yeah, you you have to. I you know I would really like to teach. Do you know most lawyers never even see a courtroom anymore? They they settle shit. I have probably a, a lawyer said you probably have more litigation. I mean, I've been in federal court, man, fighting against other lawyers. Twitter's lawyers, and they thought my briefs were so good that someone else wrote them. How are you a better lawyer than lawyers? What's really interesting, Sneeko, if you study the law and how you have to argue. It's a very cool puzzle. It's like software engineering. So if you want to argue something, I can't share anything. Can I hear? Uh, you can share your screen. Yeah, let me show you something, okay? So yeah, if you go to the bottom, there's a share screen yeah, in the bottom middle. Yeah, I see that. So look at this thing, man. Can you see this here? I just wrote this lawsuit myself. Can you see this? I see. Okay. So what's really cool about the law is you have to put together previous law cases to make an argument, okay? And so he, yeah. I'm suing the United States of America, CISA, state actors, plus all the social media companies. And this is what I did in 2020, but I'm going after the government now of the United States. You see what it says? This case is about the weaponization of a coordinated infrastructure of government and ostensibly private actors to silence the political speech of a US presidential candidate and a former candidate for US Senate, Dr. Shiva criticizing government actors. It was Dr. Shiva who was the first victim of the infrastructure and the one with uh, and the one who first discovered and shared 
the existence of, uh, of this infrastructure in Iaduri versus Twitter long before Elon Musk Twitter files, DHS leaks Missouri versus um, Biden. This is what I discovered. This is his entire infrastructure, man, how the government here works together to silence citizens. All right. So, but what's cool is you have to make your point. This is called the first part of the lawsuit. And then you have to go through and you have to figure out you want a jury who are the parties, right? But it's like a puzzle, man. And um, I love I love it. It's, it's like you're actually solving a puzzle, okay? And so uh, legally speaking, it's, it's, it's literally, um, uh, am I back here? Yeah, yeah. Where am I here? Where'd you go? You're good, you're good. I see you. Okay. I don't see you. Huh. Uh, you have to probably open Discord again. Oh. Hey, John, where did I lose Discord here? Okay, I think I'm there somewhere. You can see me, right? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Okay. So anyway, um, so yeah, so it's really important. I think everyone should learn how to do lawsuits. They should treat it in grade school, man, because these lawyers have really no interest in, uh, they always interested in settling something. You say they don't really want to win something. It's very different. You know what I'm saying? Right. So- I'm not sharing anymore, right? No, you're good. You're good. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So um, what do you think you're – well, first, I want to ask you, what do you think determines intelligence? Because I can't imagine – like, I, there's no way I would do that. I would just hire somebody. Yeah. Well, the thing is, <laughs> um, it would be nice to hire people, right? But I think intelligence is a couple of things, man. There's three different types of intelligence. There's this instinctive intelligence, right? Where you act, react, you know, like um, someone, you know, you're walking down the street, right? Someone steals your bag and you go chase them, right? You know what I'm saying? Or someone is coming at you and you run, you know what I'm saying? This instinctual thing, like if a snake is coming at a, at a, a lioness to attack her cub, she just whacks it, right? That's like an instinctual intelligence. That's one type of intelligence. Another type of intelligence is solving a problem, right? Like being a plumber, an engineer, being a lawyer. And I'm saying like this learning math, right? It's rational intelligence. I call that intellectual intelligence. And then the highest form of intelligence in my view is what I call intuition, right? Mm -hmm. Where you can see a situation within seconds, you understand what's going on. Now you can, in my view, you can learn that, but you have to put in the effort. You see what I'm saying? You have to put in the. But you think that's mostly that that's innate for the most part. No, no, I think it's actually learned, man. I think you can learn it by hard work. You see, I think it's like okay when you first learn to uh, ride a bicycle, what happens? You fall over a bunch of times, right? And then you don't even think about it, right? But you have to put enough time in, and then you learn it. I had a very good friend of mine. She grew up in Newark, and she used to get hired by companies to become, um, what did you call the, um, their uh, uh, select juries, right? Because she could look at a jury because she grew up in Newark where you have to always be careful, right? You know, you're walking down the street, you got to make quick decisions if someone's going to screw you up or not, right? Mm -hmm. So there are things that we learn by being in our environment that becomes intuitive after a while, right? You watch someone who, uh, you know, is a skier, right? First, they learn to ski and they're going all over the map. And then you look at a championship skier. They're making decisions very, very quickly. Okay. Um, I think hard work can lead to intuition, right? That's why, you know, you look at karate, you got your white belt, black, you know, by the time you're a black belt, you put in the time. And I think what's happened, Sneeko, is a lot of people 
have not learned the importance of hard work, right? right. Of the apprenticeship mentor model. You see what I'm saying? They think, oh, I'm just going to put in a few hours. Oh, I didn't get it. Then they go to something else. You have to put in the time. You have to put in the effort. And the educational system doesn't teach that master student concept. You see what I'm saying? Every Can you be my mentor? What's that? Can you be my mentor? Sure. Of course. Are you you're in Boston? Yeah. You should yeah, you should join the movement, man, and get involved in the leadership program. That's what I've done every Saturdays. Again, I don't charge anything. We want to get good people, man. Get involved. Would love to help you. I, I like the idea of your movement and what you stand for. And you're on compromise. You 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 stand on business. Look, what's happened, Sneeko, over the last many years. Uh, how old are you, Sneaker? Are you 25? 25. I'm old. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you and others, uh, you know, John's here. John just John's still 29, okay? 30, okay. Oh, when did you turn 30, John? Uh, end of November. Okay, we got to celebrate your birthday then. So I met John. John was, um, there was a thing called the Boston Free Speech. Hey, John, can you figure out where where the discourse is so I can see Sneeko? Yeah, so right um, what happened um, is the way John and I met was that there was a, a free speech rally, right? There it is. Okay. So what happened, Sneeko, was there, there was a thing called a free speech rally in August of uh, 2017. So John and I connect and you know, the, if, so if you come to Boston, there's this big park called the Boston common. And the idea was to have a truly a free speech rally to invite people of all different backgrounds. You see what I'm saying? Left wing, right wing, green party, communists, everyone to speak. So what ends up happening is a week. So we set it for, when was it, John? August 17th, August 19th, 2017. August 19, 2017. Okay. Remember this date. Okay. We set this free speech rally the week before. Do you remember Charlottesville had taken place? Where there the tiki torches? Yeah, tiki torches. So yeah, when yeah, that yeah. took place, all the two politicians in Massachusetts, one guy running for governor, a white dude running against a Hispanic guy, and another white dude for mayor running mm -hmm. against a black guy, wanted to act like, oh, we're against racism. So they branded our rally as a Nazi rally. I was called a Nazi. John was called a- Oh, you were there? Yeah, at the Boston Free Speech oh. Not in Charlottesville, in Boston, okay? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, and John had invited all these other so-called, John, who did you invite? Uh, we had uh, the people that we had signed up to speak were uh, Gavin McInnes, I believe Laura Loomer, Cassandra Fairbanks, like all, all of Jack Posobiec, all these people. All these people. And they all bailed. And they, they all bailed out. I was the only one who stayed because I believe in principles, right? Uh, I will honorable mention Joe Biggs also stood his ground. He was yeah. with us. And 40,000 people came out against us, Nico. 40,000 to protest us, 40 of us. It was wild, man. So what I'm saying is that um, I think you have to do what's right always. And now everyone remembers, wow, those guys actually did stand up for free speech. So Yeah, they, they might not respect it immediately but eventually when you stand for the right thing in time they look back and like oh like i got so much hate for being anti-vaccine and now people look back like oh shit you're right yeah the actually, issue is, do you say the right thing at the right time so delayed truth is deadly these are some very important principles Oof, right? that's a great tweet yeah delayed delayed truth, truth is deadly yeah i'm so, gonna tweet that right now i'm stealing that yeah
So delayed truth is deadly. So uh, I put it out a couple of when, when this happened is when I saw fucker Carlson talking about all this stuff two years too late. And you can tell the quality of a person if they're on the wrong side when they wait two years, three after they actually knew it. Sneeko, like I can share you with you all the evidence with fucker. OK, I sent him our lawsuit in 2020 and he concealed it, intentionally concealed it. And you'd look at Booby Kennedy in 2020, March of 2020. Do you know he was promoting lockdowns? Yeah. Yep. You say everybody. Well, yeah. Well, not everybody. I wasn't. Well, yeah. You know I mean. No, no, no. It's a big difference. So the thing is, if you're going to choose leaders and you really want to change the world, who did the right thing at the right time? Right. That's what we got to look for in leaders. Not, well, 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 well he, you know, he didn't do no, that then you're not a fucking leader. You're part of the cows. You're part of the sheep. So how can you say why why should we trust you with leadership? You say you're unqualified. What did Dr. Shiva do and what did you do in 2020? I was mobilizing lockdown protests. We made sure we did research on masks. You guys were fucking promoting them. You guys were promoting people who supported vaccine mandates, you see? So we have to hold leaders at a much higher standard because they claim they want to lead us. Right. So we right. shouldn't, we shouldn't, and, we shouldn't let him get away, man. That's my point. So Trump made mistakes. Okay, well, you're not a leader, Trump. You go to take truth, freedom, help. Maybe we educate you. Maybe you can learn, but you're not a fucking leader. You're not a leader. I don't think you're, I think you make some good points. Good, man. I'm glad. Yeah, join, yeah, get involved, Sneeko. We have a lot of people in Florida, but uh, you, John, should connect. Your age group can make a massive difference, or you can lose another 20 years. See, nothing is guaranteed. You guys could follow Trump and fucking Joe Rogan and this shit, and another 20 years will go by. And nothing is guaranteed. The world could go into darkness for a thousand years. I like Joe Rogan. Yeah, you can like him. You can like all these people. We're not telling you not to like them. Don't look to them for leadership. Don't look them to tell you what to do at the right time. Look them to entertain you. That's very different. Right. But you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm saying Joe Rogan is probably a nice guy. You can hang out with him, probably, you know, learn some good shit from him, you know. But that's a different quality of a person. So. Dr. Shiva, we've been we've been going for, for three hours. I thought it was going to – honestly, wow, when we started – it's okay. been three hours. This is the longest interview I've ever done. Um, I just asked my dad if they would vote for you, yes or no, and it's overwhelming yes right now. Yeah, I would say 95% yes. They, they're saying they don't like politics. Keep going, keep going. Um, we should resume this. On an, this all completely, completely exceeded my expectations. Completely. Rico, to everyone listening out there, listen very carefully. Each one of you is literally a manifestation of, of your creator, okay? The issue is, do you want to manifest that? Okay. Now that means that once you go down that path, I really believe if you believe, truly believe in God, that all the gates of heaven will be open up to you. I think God opens up his gates to the true warriors and those who are truly courageous, everything. And you have to really believe in that. Now, once you come to that point in life, then you realize the most important thing is to learn knowledge and to see the world as it truly is. Okay. And if you go with that courage, it's fucking over for these devils. So one is we can talk all day, the devils the devils, and they fucking do blood sacrifice and blah, blah, blah. Who the fuck cares what they do? The issue is what do we do? What is it we yes. do? Yes. Right? 
that's what that's what this is about. So I spend 20, 30% of my time exposing the shit. But when I expose it, I have to do it in the harshest terms because I don't have the time. If you saw that one video I did, I said, uh, you know, I'm the only presidential candidate who does not suck Zionist cock. Now, that may sound not presidential, but I said, frankly, it's very presidential. OK, to say that. But I remember that. I remember right, that. Now, so what I'm saying is, but then the other 80 percent of our time we have to spend. How do we build a movement? How do we refine ourselves? How do we grow a movement and bring together people? You see, that's where 80 percent of our effort should grow. Because the devil is going to keep doing the devil shit. The issue is, what do we do? And why are we following the devil's fucking second-rate people like Trump and Kennedy and fucking Vivek oh. Snake? Okay? That's what I'm saying. Look, I've had a two-hour fucking meeting with Trump. I sat there in a small room, and he endorsed a guy who fucking stole elections here. I said, why did you fucking endorse him? He said he was a fucking scumbag. And he was trying to make, you know, this is the way, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, Drain the swamp. These people are not, fully developed men at a fundamental level. The world needs men. It really needs men, real men. And you can have a longer discussion about what does it mean to be truly a man, okay? I wanna ask you that quickly, we were gonna, that's a great question. What is a real man, Dr. Shiva? A true man fights evil uncompromisingly, period. And truly is connected and truly really believes in their connection to God, that's it. The purpose of life is to fight evil uncompromisingly, wherever that may lead. And if enough men do that, Sneeko, it's fucking over for these fuckers. Do you think Booby fucking Kennedy's a man? The guy fucking bangs 28 women, keeps records of them. His wife finds it, hangs herself, then fucking buries her in the Kennedy, you know, plot, then exhumes her body. Do you understand these people aren't men? Then they have to go get testosterone shots. You see what I'm saying? These people aren't men. They're not spiritually men. They're not physiologically men. They're fucked up human beings. And why do we have to follow them? You're 25 fucking years old. Why would you follow these people? Because he doesn't like the vaccine. What do you mean? He wants safe vaccines. That's what he says. He wants safe vaccines, man. He's a bullshitter. He said, I vaccinated all my kids. You know that, right? Yeah. He says, I believe in full vaccination of all Americans. You got to understand these people are fucked up and they have all these. And well, I guess he had to do that. And then they get you into double thinking yourself. They get you. Right. Into <laughs> How can you be a fucking Muslim and support lesser of two evils? You can't. You can't. Are you calling me a Muslim grifter? No, I'm just saying, not you, you meaning the broad sense. How can anyone be a follower of Christ or Muhammad or yeah. Ross? It's not very Christ-like to pick the lesser of two evil. Being Christ-like would be doing the right thing, fighting evil always, uncompromised. Right. right. Because delayed truth is deadly. That's right. Uh, yo, you actually, man. I <laughs> this guy, this guy, chat. Wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. Are, are you actually gonna are you gonna be on the ballot? Well, what we have to do is in every state, everyone listening to go one is go to Truth Freedom and Health. That's like the university get the training. Go to Shiva numeral four president.com and just volunteer. Notice I haven't asked for money one time, Sneeko. I didn't notice that. Fucking Kennedy 
He's got to get on the ballot in Utah, collect a thousand signatures. I need money. Give me fucking money. We have volunteers who go collect the signatures. You know what they do is they take your money and they pay companies to collect signatures to get you on the ballot. He can't get a fucking thousand signatures. He needs you to give him t 10 to 20 bucks. Look how fucking sleazebag these fuckers are. They got fucking billion dollar trust funds. They fly falcons all day. They bang whoever the fuck they want. And they're asking a person who's got 400 bucks in their bank account for money. That's sick. Sick. So my, my, my top viewers, they're saying... This is the first time in a while someone has refreshed my memory, um, or refreshed my perspective. By a lot of people, I, I think you're. It, it's refreshing to hear this. I, I want to see this on a bigger stage, but genuinely. But they I think you got a, a good movement behind bigger, you. But do you understand? They know I'm here. They actively make me invisible, but it's backfiring on them. You see? Because people are saying, wait a minute, this is the guy who, who ran the Fire Fauci campaign. Why aren't you putting him? Why aren't you interviewing him, fucker Carlson? Wait a minute, Joe. You're interviewing this motherfucker. Why aren't you putting Dr. Shiva on? It's exposing the guy who invented email. Like it just that seems like a pretty obvious Joe Rogan podcast. Exactly. If I'm Joe Rogan, like I would do this in a heartbeat. There's a lot of same thing with Ryan Dawson. Well, Ryan had me on. Yeah, but obviously he's one of the most sensitive people, so it's not gonna happen. That's what I'm saying. But Joe Rogan, fucker, that's what I'm saying. You know they're on the side of evil. Let me tell you two three litmus tests. Number one, are they fucking supporting Zionism? Number That's two, a good one. will they put me on their show? Right? Number three, yeah. were they endorsed by mainstream media? And do they get lots and lots of views? Okay? If they're all of those three, they're fucking part of the satanic cult. Okay? They're endorsed by them. They're puppets of them. That's who they are. But Joe Rogan is hated by mainstream media. Okay. Sneeko, listen very carefully. You, you ever watch a, a Shakespearean play? They have yeah. protagonist and the antagonist, right? Right. That's what these guys are. But he's still getting a lot of play. He's still on Spotify. Do you understand? They create their own characters. They decide who they're going to put on the stage. All right? They're part of the swarm. If he was... I have to admit... If, sorry, he, was go, truly, go ahead, if he was truly dangerous, if he was truly anti-establishment... He would be nowhere on Spotify. You see, they create. I guess there's levels. There's levels to how anti-establishment you are. No, 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 no. Someone on Spotify who is has a hundred, couple hundred million dollar contract is owned by them. They allow him on because he's part of their clique. Okay, they let him be quote unquote anti-establishment. You see, that's his role. It's like Jesse Jackson, as I told you when I learned this. In 1984, they let him say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, da, 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 boom. But at the end of the day, they all hang out together, man. Do you understand? It's their shtick. It's their shtick. Now, you could be part of that. You could play the game and you could become that. You could become that. Or you could be a true revolutionary. And that is a decision everyone's got to make. Uh -huh. it's, a, it's the toughest one. Because those people yeah. who choose that path are actually misleading people. Right. They're asking right now, what do you think of Nick Fuentes? I asked you earlier, and I think that's one of the best litmus tests, to be honest, for especially my generation of people on the internet. Nick, Nick, is like, what do you think? Get, Nick needs to get training. Okay. He's untrained. He's untrained. You know, he says some good stuff and then he doesn't get it right. You see what I'm saying? It's like yeah, Kanye. Kanye needs to get trained. 
These people could be very powerful forces. If they got the training. You would have been great at Yay 24. Uh -huh. It would have been really helpful to have uh, last year. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 if Kanye came, but look, here's the bottom line, Sneeko. The problem is when you get to a certain stature, right? It takes a lot of effort to leave that and say, you know what? I don't know shit. Like if you come to our open houses, there is some guy on there. He said, you know what? I saw a Joe Rogan video with Booby Kennedy and I was going to give him 25 grand. And then I saw you attacking Rogan and Kennedy. He was a very smart doctor, a surgeon. And he said, for two days, I couldn't sleep because I realized everything you said was absolutely correct. And I'd have to let go of this world. Now, that's a lot of that's a, a true when you transcend that. And he was very self-reflective. You say that's when you mm -hmm. truly grow as a human being. Now, the problem is many of these people are unable to do that. Malcolm was able to do that. Think about him in that role. He's part of the number one spokesman for the biggest black nationalist organization. He reveals what he found with Elijah Muhammad, and then he leaves. That's a fucking man. He did the right thing. He's not like, well, I need to make some money. I'm in such a great position. I get a lot of pussy. You know, I could keep doing this. I could be like Elijah, you know? Fuck that. That's a man. That's a true agent of God. And that's the decision men need to make. Do they truly want to be an agent of God or do they want to be a fucking pussy? That's the decision, man. It's that simple. Dr. Siva. All right, man. Thank you for coming on. Thanks. I hope to speak to you thanks, soon. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having the courage to put me on, man. That took a lot. Truthfreedomhealth.com. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely check it out. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna everyone read. go get. I want to check out your book too. Everyone get a bumper sticker. Yeah, come on, come on. Uh, everyone come on Thursdays at 11 a.m. or 8 p.m. You know, put a little bit of energy in, take this course. But this is a lifelong change where you're changing your state of consciousness. By the way, you can use these principles to understand your body as a system. You can use it for anything. Thanks, Nico. I'll read your book, The yeah. System of Revolution. I'm going to check that out yeah. too. Yeah, I'm glad uh, you know someone above connected us, man. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I hope to speak to you soon. Okay, be well. Have a good one, man. Okay, Have a great be night. Be polite. Thank you.